0: they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW room void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to
0: blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, Black Talk.
3: This is a very stressful time for parents in western Washington. They're facing a school year that in most districts will begin with no in-person instruction. So that means parents or caregivers who work outside the home are scrambling to figure out some kind of child care if they can find something they can afford. Joining me to talk about the child care conundrum is KMKX Youth and Education Reporter Ashley Gross. Ashley, hi.
1: Hi, Ed.
3: What kind of concerns have you been hearing from parents as they face a school year that's going to begin with remote learning?
1: Wow, where do I start? I mean, families had already dealt with distance learning in the spring. But I think that the big difference is that in the spring, the governor's stay home order was in effect. And only the people classified as essential workers were working outside the home. And there were child care organizations that provided care for children of essential workers. You know, nurses, grocery workers, first responders, for everyone else who was staying home. They tried to help their kids do distance learning, at least somewhat, and many were balancing that with working from home. Pretty much all the parents I've spoken with say it was very difficult, but they were just trying to get through it so we could get the virus under control.
3: And what about now?
1: Well, as we know, the virus is not under control, so most schools are not reopening in person. At the same time, the state has restarted the economy somewhat, so more people are having to go back to their jobs so that means that parents, especially ones who have young kids, are trying to figure out what to do with their children when they would normally be at school for seven hours.
3: And you've been reporting this out. You've been talking to some of the parents. Uh, what are some of the things they're considering?
1: Well, some may ask a relative or a grandparent to watch the kids. And other parents are looking into child care programs. That's the situation for Tabitha Sierra. She works for Boeing and has to go back to the office in a couple of weeks. Her husband is a plumber, so of course he works outside the home. And they have a daughter in third grade and a son in second grade in Seattle. She's signed up on a couple of wait lists for childcare, And she also asked the organization that runs the aftercare program that her kids normally attend.
4: I have yet to hear back even if they have a plan. And so school's supposed to be starting in less than a month. I'm probably going to have to take the first couple weeks off and, you know, take vacation or something until I get something figured out.
3: That sounds really, really stressful. What will it cost her if she gets her kids into one of those child care programs?
1: She's figuring that it will likely cost about twice as much as she normally spends on after school care. And that's a big burden. It's not something her family had budgeted for. Now think about what a huge change this is to our system. It's completely turned upside down. And what's frustrating to Tabitha, Sierra, and a lot of parents is that remote schooling presumes that there's an adult there who can manage the children getting on their Zoom calls and doing their homework. It's like, OK, so I'm pretty much being told that I have to quit my job so I can teach my kid when I pay taxes for the state to do it for me. This gets into really sticky questions of what school is. Is it essentially state-funded child care or is it a system of instruction that does not need to be done in person? That's what families are being told now. But you can't get around the fact that younger kids need an adult there to help them do all of this. And for perhaps a couple thousand kids in Seattle, that will probably wind up being childcare workers employed by places like Boys and Girls Clubs of King County, the YMCA, or another organization called LAUNCH.
3: Are are those programs, then, prepared to help kids with their remote learning?
1: They say yes. I, I spoke with Angela Griffin, executive director of LAUNCH, they normally operate aftercare programs at Seattle public school locations. Now they're part of a coalition of child care programs asking the district for more classroom space and janitorial services so they can offer more care for kids during school hours. Griffin says during distance learning in the spring, her staff helped students do their homework packets. And now they're preparing to help get kids on their online classes. We're trying to make sure that we can we can provide um, a support similar to what a parent would be expected to provide during that time. But all of this is going to be expensive. The health and cleaning protocols add to the cost. And then if someone tests positive for the virus, the center has to shut down for 14 days. Griffin says Launch has only had one case of someone testing positive, but that closure does come with a financial cost. We've committed to continuing to pay our employees when that happens. We've you know, committed to those who have paid to hold their tuition you know, in balance until they're able to come. And so, so you know, that's where we're, when we're looking at our financial models, we're, we're trying to determine like, what can we really afford?
3: Yeah, it sounds like they're trying to do kind of their own number crunching. Is there any help for, for low-income families to afford this kind of care?
1: Well, there are state child care subsidies for low-income families, but a lot of families are just above that threshold. Griffin says childcare organizations are looking to philanthropies or businesses to provide assistance. And U.S. Senator Patty Murray is pushing to get billions of dollars from the federal government for child care. Groups such as LAUNCH and Boys and Girls Clubs do offer scholarships, but of course, that likely will not stretch far enough to meet the need.
3: Yeah, I mean, what you're describing doesn't sound like there are any kind of perfect answers here. And I imagine that if the programs can't serve all the families who need childcare, some parents might have to leave their children home alone. Are they concerned about that?
1: Yes, it is a real concern. Older siblings are often having to babysit their younger siblings. Deanne Puffert is chief executive of Childcare Aware of Washington. That's a statewide child care resource and referral organization. She says some families may even make the tough decision to leave younger children home alone during the school day. I do worry that there could be, due to untenable decisions, a uh, choice could be made, think, hoping that your you know, your 10-year-old's ready to really watch the six-year-old all day. And I worry. And she raises a good point. How would kids in that situation manage their own online schooling? Not to mention that school this fall is going to be more like regular school. There will be grades and attendance requirements. So a 10-year-old home alone and struggling to get online for classes could be penalized academically.
3: You know, one other thing this discussion raises for me is how childcare is (laughs) is even still operating, you know, even though schools will be remote. I I mean, doesn't that pose a transmission risk? And, And the people who work there, how do they feel about being put into contact with children?
1: Well, you're getting into some really sticky questions here. <laughs> the Department of Health says that child care is an essential service and that the need for it has only increased as the state reopens in phases. And the health department says its protocols around physical distancing, symptom monitoring and hand washing reduce risk. So far, it does not seem like King County has experienced any big outbreaks connected to child care programs. Public Health Seattle and King County says that there have been 20 outbreaks involving child care facilities from mid-March through July. Those involved a total of 11 children and 44 employees.
3: Okay, so, so some cases, but not necessarily, I guess, enormous numbers.
1: Right. But I did ask Deanne Puffer that question about how child care workers feel right now being on the front line. When teachers will work remotely, she says it's a contentious issue. Many child care providers take a lot of pride in being essential workers and that this is part of their community contribution, um, that they take these sorts of risks. And other people are saying, well, this doesn't feel so fair.
3: What she's describing there sounds like the same kinds of stresses facing other frontline workers, Uh, you know, people at grocery stores, transit workers, things like that.
1: Right. But here we have what's essentially a substitute workforce taking on some of the duties normally performed by public school employees, and they earn less money, and they're coming in contact with more people, putting themselves at risk for possible coronavirus exposure.
3: Mm. Thank you so much for this reporting, Ashley. You're welcome. Ashley Gross is our youth and education reporter. This is All Things Considered on KNKX.
1: North, Carolina.
3: North Carolina's Retaliatory Employment
0: Discrimination Act, or RIDA, has been on the book since 1992. It's a law intended to protect workers from disciplinary action or getting fired after they fired workers' compensation claims. It's also meant to protect employees who report unsafe conditions in their workplace. But the law doesn't always work as intended, which is something AT&T employee Robert Maumer realized when he was terminated by phone after an on-the-job injury. Greg Gordon wrote about Maumer's case for the New News and Observer. Gordon's a retired Washington correspondent for McClatchy, who's been working on a series of stories about North Carolina's labor laws. Greg, welcome.
5: Hi, Frank. Thanks for having me.
0: Good to have you. And before we get to Robert Maumer's story, we should probably try to understand what the Retaliatory Reemployment Discrimination Act, or RITA, is. What is it designed to do?
5: Well, so um, this came about a, a year after the horrific uh, fire in Hamlet that became national news. Uh, this is a, a chicken processing plant, and the um, someone in the management uh, uh, team decided to put a chain on it on the back door uh, uh, to, to uh, prevent employees from purloining a little chicken. So a fire broke out and nobody could get out. 25 workers died and um, many more were obviously injured. And so a year later, the legislature, in a bipartisan fashion, passed this law and it sort of mirrors the Federal um, uh, Retaliatory Employment Discrimination Act and it's designed to protect basically whistleblowers and to uh, provide sort of a safety net for workers who get injured if they, if they um, try, you know, try to file a workers' compensation claim and the employer decides to fire them to try to preempt that, you know, or even the threat of the claim, or if they report a, a, a safety problem, and this has become particularly relevant today amid COVID, um, and, uh, and the employer retaliates, then they have recourse, theoretically, they can go to the State Labor Department, file a complaint with the read bureau there, and the bureau will—it's it, obligated. Uh, to, if it if finds a claim to be valid, it's obligated to conduct uh, an investigation, to contact the employer, to try to negotiate a settlement. Uh, and in the event that no settlement can be reached, then um, the, the labor department can issue what's called the right to sue letter. And if it's really—if it really finds a strong case against an employer, it can add the words "with merit." Hmm. Which means that if the employee then files a civil suit, the judge is going to know that, and it's going to help.
0: It's going to help so here, uh, the employee. So here's a state law that that uh, on paper uh, offers. Pretty strong protection for employees not to be fired or not to be retaliated against, whether they're filing a workplace complaint about perhaps an unsafe condition or if they file a workers' comp claim. And so you've been reporting on North Carolina's labor laws and provisions since December. And your latest piece is about a probationary employee for AT&T, Robert Malmer, who claims to have been wrongfully terminated following an on-the-job injury. So what happened there?
5: okay so here's robert momer he's he's engaged to a woman who's got um, severe diabetes and has had three organ transplants so she's on total disability social security disability so their income is limited and they're living in a house in south charlotte and, and he's a lineman for at&t uh you know one of the pole climbers who who uh, uh, threads the uh, coaxial cables through, through uh, poles uh, stretching miles. So he's actually he's on the ground. He falls down a little embankment. He manages to land on his hand. Um, he continues to work because he needs the income. But finally, the pain is overwhelming, and he, he um, has to have surgery. He has, he has pulled the ligament away from the bone. So um, he's out for 13 months, and uh, he comes back. He's back uh, for about three weeks. And here's a twist. This is sort of what we're finding with the uh, police brutality, uh, uh, you know, developments that have, have uh, swept the nation with the George Floyd case. Here's in this case, he's he had put a um, uh, a phone recording uh, de- application in uh, uh, in his phone so that he could. Um, monitor what he was being told and store what he was being told by his disability insurer because he felt like he was getting conflicting information and so shortly so so um, he learns on the job that he's been laid off or is about to be laid off so he calls his boss who's out of town and the boss says well um i had made up my mind before you came back because i'm afraid you're going to get injured again and uh, he's he remembers later that he had the recording device on so so many of these rita cases are he said she said mm-hmm. there's there's a conversation between an employer and, and a worker and the worker doesn't really you know he, he might have contemporaneously shared the information with colleagues but he doesn't have a lot of ways to document what happens sometimes and in this case he's got a recording and so he goes to the labor department and files a complaint and the labor department dismisses his complaint in f- f- like four days later without uh, ever hearing the recording. So his attorney hooks up with another attorney, Raleigh attorney, Stuart Fisher who files a lawsuit after learning about other cases being dismissed like this uh, with uh, in, in the Wake County court and um uh, that suit challenges the entire administration of this law, or at least this aspect of it. Uh, oh, and I neglected to mention that Robert Maumer, when he was when the, the case was originally dismissed, he was given a notice that said, in big bold capital letters, "You will not be issued a right to sue letter." Mm. So they're not only dismissing this claim, but they're also Putting him at a disadvantage, um, and and so and, and I, I just want to add and so and so Robert was he he went like two years without really getting a job of any kind of with any kind of income approximating what he was earning for AT and T, and he nearly lost his house. He borrowed money from a friend. He sold his Jeep. He sold his class ring. He and his wife changed their his fiance changed their diets so that they could cut down on grocery expenses. Etc. cetera, and he's finally gotten a job with the post office, the U.S. Postal Service. Um, I want to mention something else because today I was given information by the North Carolina Branch of the Government Accountability Project, which represents whistleblowers, and um, they say that um, currently during COVID, during the coronavirus, complaints from poultry processing workers related to COVID-19 have been piling up, and as of July 15th, the Labor Department have received 75 complaints from poultry workers specifically about the coronavirus and concerns about safety, and nearly half of those were dismissed, and the agency has not conducted any site mm-hmm. visits.
0: So is this a problem then, uh, and, and how, how much of this has gone back, and uh, how many other complaints do we have? Is this a problem with the Labor Department in North Carolina, or what, what's happening here?
5: Well, it's a state law, and this is and the, Cherie Berry uh, has has Who's bragged the lab,
0: about being, labor secretary. Uh, the,
5: the, labor secretary, thank you, yeah. labor commissioner. Commissioner, um, and and she has she has bragged about being a uh, business friendly, um, and um, as as my earlier stories um, uh, noted, she under her. Stewardship uh, penalties have uh, really been modest. Even if a, a worker dies on the job, penalties can be just a few thousand dollars in some cases. And um, she spent a lot of her time handing out uh, safety awards around the state uh, to various employers. And I'm not saying that uh, no employer deserves a safety award. And I, and I will add that the, the um, you know, the, the Labor Department, uh, Uh, I'm I'm not fully able to represent their side on some of this, for example, on the COVID complaints I just talked about.
0: So what are they saying, though, about this particular case? And let's get back to the bomber case. No comment.
5: It's in litigation. (laughs) And not only are they saying no comment, it's in litigation, but they're refusing to release any data about the program and have refused for two years now. So what we saw under under Barry, there was about 800 complaints under Rita on average every year for for the first maybe eight years or seven or eight years of her uh, stewardship. And since then, they have, those complaints have plummeted while they've been rising nationally. And one expert who used to chair an, a whistleblower committee for the U.S. Labor Department, Emily Spieler, said that says that anecdotal reports indicate that these kinds of complaints and these kinds of occurrences are rampant. I will add, though, that uh, after, after dismissing Maumer's complaint and after Maumer then filed suit about the whole program, the Labor Department reinstated his complaint but did not for a year and a half investigate it and finally did and said there was not sufficient evidence to support his claim.
0: I have very little time left, but how have the courts ruled on this? Can you take it to the court, and, and have they... Judge uh,
5: Brian Collins has had this on his plate now since April of 20, uh, since December of 2018, hmm. and he has yet to rule.
0: Greg Gordon is an investigative reporter. Greg, thanks so much for joining us.
5: It's my pleasure, Frank.
0: You can find links to his reporting in the NNO at our website, stateofthings.org. Context of white supremacy.
2: Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy, North Carolina, founder, Mr. Scotty Reed, right there,
6: Rollsville, all the folks.
2: Uh, This is our weekly forum, Neutralizing Workplace Racism. Dial in if you have figured out anything constructive that would help folks be a little bit safer on the job. Uh, get personal protective equipment if they need it, be able to work from home, maintain social distancing, get a raise, promotion, better office, anything. You have figured out some things to minimize the likelihood of you being attacked and abused uh, on the job. Share, please, the number 720-716-7300. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. That number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four. 943-pound. Press star-61 if you would like to participate. If you are not able to dial in via phone or have concerns about being recognized, your voice being recognized, you can email us untiljustice at gmail.com, untiljustice at gmail.com. Dot com feel free you can send in suggestions or if you you know are having difficulties uh, in the workplace uh, you can write in we can share your commentary anonymously uh, and give feedback if it's some difficulties that you're dealing with in the workplace uh, if you have suggestions uh, based on what folks share and or your own experience you figured out some codification that works we definitely will make sure to get that on the air <clears throat> A few things uh, before we even get into that, I guess just starting with the sound clips that we heard at the beginning, uh, the first clip talking about the impact of the chaos with the school situation and how that is impacting uh, a lot of parents. Now, they were talking about the situation uh, here in Seattle specifically. My suspicion is that it would probably be a lot more chaotic uh, in areas where they have a higher population of black people. Just a suspicion, haven't researched, but that would be my general inkling. But regardless, even still, you heard it's uh, more expensive, the people that are actually providing the child care, being at risk, not making as much money as many of the white female educators would make. Uh, And then if you don't get child care, you heard some of the folks say, I have to take time off from work. Do you even have time off from work to stay home? And how long am I going to have to stay home? Is this going to be a week? Is this going to be two weeks? Is this going to be a month? Like, man, uh, I think we do have some CALS listeners who are uh, child care providers, uh, and I am certain we have some CALS listeners who are parents. So uh, if the parenting situation uh, is impacting your ability to work or if you are a child care provider uh, and, you know, trying to figure out how to keep yourself and children safe during all of this, if you, you know, are even willing to still provide that service, if you think you can do so safely, uh, that would be good to discuss, but I cannot imagine being a parent, like, a, we are on the cusp of September, right, so all of this is supposed to be starting, uh, if they're going to be doing it remotely, okay, am I sad, I mean, yeah, would be a lot to talk about there, so that was one, let's see, The other component, or the other uh, audio report that we heard at the beginning, uh, North Carolina, Mr. Scotty Reed. And in fact, I'm a victim of white supremacy. At times, my memory is bad. Folks have, in fact, even accused me of having a defective memory, which may be true. But I believe Mr. Scotty Reed, founder of Black Talk Radio Network, He was talking about way back, remember when they had all that controversy in North Carolina about the bathrooms? Uh, It was fussing and yum, 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 and uh, they moved the NBA All-Star Game and all this, and, you know, LGBTQ people got to be able to use the potty. You know, we're going to make this a battleground issue. Remember, Remember all that? Okay, there were a few other issues that were happening in North Carolina state politics around the bathroom issue, and one of them I believe Mr. Scotty Reed highlighted regularly and saying the bathroom thing is not the issue. The issue here is them making it more difficult uh, to prove that you have been mistreated on the job, that there's been some sort of retaliation or incorrect conduct. I think Mr. Reed was talking about that. There were some other folks, too, but, I mean, he lives right there. So Uh, my memory might be, you know, off on that, but I do know that was discussed. And Here. We end
7: up with, wow,
2: difficulty filing, getting justice when you have been incorrectly terminated on a job. And they even come out and say, oh, yeah, the excuse give. Oh, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, letting you go beforehand. because <clears throat> so they had the fellow that got injured, worked for AT&T. We were thinking about letting you go anyway because we just thought you were going to get injured again anyway. Said the only difference. Well, I guess it didn't make a difference because he didn't win or what have. You. He didn't get his job back. Uh, but the only difference had those phone recordings didn't make a difference because they said, "Ah, dismissed it in what is it? In four days, I think it was not even a full business week." Didn't hear the recordings. Not ah, dismissed. Get out of here. <laughs> and then, and then to make it difficult for you to sue, that was what they were talking about. That got a lot less attention in the bathroom. Oh man, you're keeping transgender Teddy. From being able to use the young woman's bathroom and what's wrong with you and and all that fussing and things. That was not the issue. The issue, and they said racism specifically back then when they talked about all this, they said, like, oh, man, they have made it a lot more tough. If you're in Greensboro, Charlotte, Raleigh, High Point, North Carolina, make it way more difficult for you to say, man, I think they are practicing white supremacy, racism against me on the job. Think they're retaliating against me. On it? get out of here, get out of here. Uh, injuries, very serious. We've heard that before we did. Uh, we've had whole programs uh, where black people uh, talked about being injured on the job and the same type of thing. Uh, the white employers, say you hurt your, and not something where I'm trying to get over and see if I can, you know, milk this, and I'm gold breaking left and right, trying to see if I can get me a million dollars cheap. No, 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 no. Serious injury. I just want, you know, my medical expenses and the ability to recuperate, you know, to be compensated while I am recuperating so I can get my health back and then return to work. That's it. Doing what normal people are allowed to do all over the world. Oh, no. Contest it all the way, and Get back on the job. What are you doing talking about taking six months off? Get back on this job right now. You're not hurt. Nothing's wrong with you. The doctor said, you're fine. and then you go talk to the doctor, Oh, yeah, take it easy and blah, blah, blah. And they're totally conflict. Like, we've had all of that in the workplace uh, racism archives. Man, that is another reason to review policy and procedure to see exactly what is the procedure supposed to be if there is an injury on the job. Like, that is a great one. Hopefully you never need any of that information, but that is a great one to know those details in advance so that it's not a situation where you get injured and then for the first time after you're hurt and pain and all the rest of it to try and be figuring out, you know, what they're supposed to do and all the rest of it. And then they're probably going to practice racism and either not compensate you or contest that it was a workplace injury and or contest how long you're supposed to be able to recuperate just all of the tackiness uh, that goes into that. And then you hear in the North Carolina report, they talked about this specific male who got hurt on the job. They just had audio. They're talking about him, and they said it impacted their whole family, Uh, that his wife, she was disabled, so limited income. He gets fired after this workplace injury, and it takes a long time for him to get a job where he's got that sort of salary uh once again i even thought it was ironic they said with the he got a job working for the postal service and everything that they got happening with that now like even that's a little little dicey but i mean wow like that is the system of white supremacy uh for so many non-white people where you get hurt on the job and that is grounds to terminate like ah uh, some shiftless, reckless employee. When well, we've heard from so many folks, they're not even following the guidelines in the workplace. They're not even doing things to make sure that you have the least likelihood of being injured. That we have a really safe work environment. We preach and practice safe work habits and, you know, on a daily basis. This is a part of our culture. That's what they want to talk about. That is rare. We've heard that. We've heard from folks even at Amazon and uh, uh, workhouse-type environments where it's rush, (laughs) rush, 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 fast as you possibly can. No, you don't have time to go to the bathroom, which is not safe right there. That sets you up for all kinds of urinary tract infections and, you know, all the rest of it. Uh, But that is the work. That's why I say you really have to take your safety Seriously, you have to be the one that's going to say my safety and health is going to be a primary concern, even in preventive, preventative maintenance and trying to say, hey, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to not be injured on the job. Like, let me look right now. Are there any safety hazards in this work and whatever your you know, office happens to be? but do everything that you can to minimize the likelihood of you being injured on the job, uh, because that is a whole other avenue of workplace racism. If we have any folks uh, who have been injured uh, on the workplace, feel free uh, to share about that one. And I would not rush back, man, oh man, I can even pause. (laughs) Gus T, injured in the workplace. I talked about uh, working with uh, children. I worked in the school system in Oakland, California, and love California, second-best plantation to Seattle. Uh, not Oakland specifically, just California. Anyway, so I worked in the school system, and we were, during recess, and one of the students, a uh, larger student, they had like high school and all that, so a larger child, uh, like runs into me accidentally, knocks us both over. I thought I was, you know, had a concussion because he hit me like running full force, full speed, and uh, so I'm knocked down, and they said, oh, gotta go to uh, the doctor to see," because they said, "Oh, he might have a concussion." Uh, the young fellow might have been hurt too. So they pick me up. I go to the doctor. Get driven to the doctor, and they do the test. I don't have a concussion. I had like a bruise uh, on my leg. I had like several bruises and all that, but no concussion. Uh, and so the doctor is like, uh, "Yeah, you know, just go, sit down, don't do anything." Uh, Maybe take a thalamual or whatever, but you'll be fine. Uh, And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I'll go back to work. If I had that to do over, it would not be any sort of attitude of, oh, I'm fine, nothing happened, you know, I'm a tough guy, I'm feeling peaked, I'm tired my leg feels weak. I think I'll need at least two to three days to rest because I could have easily got that while I was at the doctor's office. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I feel tired. I feel like I need a few days to Oh, okay, take a few days off, no worries, which is what he had said, take a few days off and rest. I could have got that, no problem. I mentioned this because I think I did end up taking that next day off and then I came back. They came and had some, like, grand meeting with myself and several other employees about just for time, we'll say two two months later, we'll say, somewhere around there, two months later. They come, Some relatively not a whole lot of time has passed. They come with this big meeting like, oh, yeah, we're not going to have truancy in the workplace and people taking days off unexcused, no more of that. Anyone else who is not here on a day that's supposed to be here, you could be terminated.
6: Like, wait a minute, the only days I took off, I was,
2: I got that collision. We were all just like, I took a day, I could have got a doctor's note. You didn't get the doctor's note. Lesson learned. I will make sure there will never be another time where, oh, I'm fine, it's not a big deal. Nope. In fact, I'm going to need a week to chill. I'll make sure to get that written up from the doctor's office. So for anyone, take as much time as you need to. We've even had people during the – uh the rona situation they ended up testing negative thankfully so it looks like they did not have covid 19 but there was a time period where they weren't sure they weren't feeling well coughing that sort of thing so the work protocol you're supposed to go home be tested wait till we get the results and then you know we figure out if we need to quarantine or if you just come back when you're feeling better so person is out waiting for their results they're being nagged like ever like multiple times a day. Like you got your rona results, right? Expecting you back on the schedule tomorrow. <laughs> not even a thought of, you know, you could be positive, God forbid. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, we expect you tomorrow at seven A. M. You're gonna be here, right? What the world? <laughs> like, uh, I'm at home hoping I don't have the deadly Rona. <laughs> what they're saying, not nag me every five minutes. Just no regard for the health of non white people again. You have to be the one to take your health, make that a priority. And as I said, preventative, make sure you're not being injured in the workplace, do everything that you possibly can. If you see any sort of violations of safety standards and what have you, speak up, ask questions, see if you can get things improved. And I would document, make note, uh, if they do not, uh, if you're seeing safety hazards that, hey, I've called attention to this, dates, times, questions, particularly if you can get that electronically stamped. Uh, Just the last thing I'll say about that, too, they even mentioned in the report, I think Mr. Fuller, Emmy, a few of our other folks who have uh, called in have talked about frequently white people, they'll just talk. And so all you'll have is, oh, this person said such and such, and then they come back, oh, I didn't say that. Or there will be some sort of dispute, he said, she said type of thing. All of that can be squashed when you have not a conversation but doing the email to follow up on a conversation, to ask a question to verify about what was said, what orders were given, whatever it is, uh, and or when you have a recording. I know for some folks that might not be permissible via law in your state or region, uh, but for some places it is, uh, and that can be very helpful at resolving some of these he said, she said, I said. The recording from August 15th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Saving Times you just hit play, and that's that. Uh, the email again is untiljustice at gmail dot com. Untiljustice at gmail dot com. I did hear the segment about the poultry. They said in North Carolina. Now I thought North Carolina was known for their hog nonsense. Maybe I'm wrong. Scotty Reed can get us on that one. But you heard all that about the poultry, right? Not gonna let that slide. I have heard reports. A few not nearly as many with regards to meat packing facilities but you did hear that about the poultry facility right when they said unsafe working conditions we're concerned about the Rona doesn't look like they're following safety regulations not investigated at all that would be another reason to leave some of those meat products alone I have heard reports about unsafe working conditions for produce pickers that sort of thing i have heard some reports on that as well not nearly as many the meat i mean I, meat packing facilities have been shut down repeatedly not because of one person because of hundreds of workers tested positive i have not seen anything like that for produce pickers although i have seen reports of some similar problems uh, the email is at gmail.com. Until justice at gmail.com. All right, so one person uh, wrote in, uh, we'll get the others, sprinkle them in as we go. First person that wrote in, last week we talked about uh, Zoom calls being interrupted by a child, and is the response different if it's a white child who interrupts the Zoom call as opposed to a black child? Uh, and some folks were saying that. <clears throat> They feel like they've seen this happen where a white child will run in and everything, oh, my
4: gosh, look at little Susie. She's so pretty
6: and
2: all that, you know. And then if it's a black child, man, man. Anyway, let's get back to
8: time type of thing,
9: like totally different.
2: So a person, we talked about that a little bit last week. So a person wrote in. They said, uh, good afternoon, Gus. I'm responding to the Zoom interruption during a work meeting. My unit was conducting a Zoom meeting with 11 people, 10 investigators, and supervisor. My supervisor is a white female. While the meeting was going on, one of the investigators, who's a black female's daughter, she's six, playfully peeked into her mom's screen. Most of the investigators said hello to her, and she exited the screen. Within seconds, our supervisor, the white female, who's struggling to conceive a
7: child.
2: Welsing moment, white genetic annihilation, stated she had an addition to her family and picked up her puppy, white dog again, come on, uh, and showed it to everyone. All the investigators were in awe. Like the first time a family would see a newborn and congratulated her. The black female and I were the only ones that didn't gush over the puppy. There are many more interruptions that happened during our bi monthly meeting, but this stood out to me. Much obliged, uh so we are reading White Dog, um, Romain Gary. Gus T. Renegades, top 10. Uh, We have, uh, I don't know, probably about four weeks to go, maybe a little bit more, but definitely four weeks, I think, uh, left to go in White Dog. Wow. Part of the family, they said. Romulus and Remus, that's uh, the ISIS papers, too. I am not surprised. Uh, What can I say? The dogs and the more excited, empathetic response for a hound as opposed to a black child very consistent uh, I think some other folks like I said talked about this uh, last week I guess if any other folks uh, who are with us if you know you have any thoughts or experience uh, with that feel free to share but I'm not surprised at all uh, I guess you can even relate that because I can think of a number of times where white people have brought their offspring into work and it was like you know the whole facility shut down for the day like everyone had to come and coo and baby talk and all the rest of it and i mean you talk about shiftless man <laughs> it was a totally shit i mean this was not like a uh what did they, they uh bring daughter to work day or bring whatever it is bring your children to, not that sort of thing It's just a random you know hey stopping by want to say hi and You know, hopefully, you know, they don't stay too long because they're not going to get any work done. I've seen that sort of thing. Now, I don't know if it's a staunch difference. I just haven't seen enough of when a black mom comes in with her newborn. Is it the same type of thing? Do they shut the whole facility down and coo and bring, you know, punch and have gifts and, you know, just talk, baby talk for the next five hours? Um, I don't know. But I have seen that a lot with white moms. I think I can only think of one time uh, where it was a black mom and it just happened that the department that she worked did have a number of black uh workers uh, so she had kind of like you could have like a, a kind of black section and just go hang out with them and do all that but I yeah i don't if if folks have any experience with that one you can you know feel free to share as well uh the number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The Code five six four Nine Four Three Pound. Press Star Six One if you would like to participate. Uh, so if you have uh, problems in the workplace, anything of that nature, feel free to share. Certainly, anybody, if you have figured out some things that work well uh, with regards to solving problems. Uh, any sort of problems folks might be encountering in the wackiness of 2020 that we have right now, uh, feel free. No spectating if you have, you know, figured out some constructive strategies that we can use. But, uh, folks, if you're having problems, difficulties, and would like some counter-racist suggestions to try to deal with your situation, uh, we will do our best. Uh, let's see. Uh uh first few folks who dialed in with a hand up should be
4: with us can i be heard
2: uh greetings non-clinton grad, maybe missy as well
4: oh uh, yeah we are both here my wife <laughs> yesterday she fell asleep so she wasn't able to comment on white Dog. it was pretty late um uh, at least for us but anyway um i do have a couple of small things um I'll continue to work from home but this week was very interesting um but there was something I was asked to do. One of my responsibilities of, um, at work is working with uh, federal systems to withdraw federal funds for projects. And um, um, I'm the manager for these particular funds where I work. And um, the woman who was the administrative assistant in the department, at one point, she was tasked with, being, um, with withdrawing the funds in my place so we could stop having a whole bunch of confusion and mistakes in the office. And then all of a sudden, she just is not doing anymore and is back to me. Okay, fine, not a big deal. I was doing it before she got there, anyways. And then um, she was gone for two or three days out the week. And before she left, um, you know, I had to draw down these funds because um, a nonprofit had um, sent their invoices to be processed, and we had to process it at the government level. So um, not a big deal, but I wasn't able to log into the federal system, so I had to fix the, um, the federal system issue before I could withdraw the fund, which I was able to do within a day. I called got an email, got a reset um, password, not a big deal, and then let everyone know who needed to know that the um, process had been, um, had been completed. That, one of the people I did not let know was my manager because he wasn't involved in the process as far as I knew. So fast forward after I had completed the withdrawal process I get a, um a separate email from my manager about whether or not I had completed the project. And I said, yeah, I finished that about a half hour ago, but I'm wondering why he was asking because you know, he doesn't usually check in on me like that, you know, unless he needs something, you know, unless he gives me a specific task, you know, I do it and get it done and then you know, I send him my work. All right, so he I let him know that I completed the project and then I um he and then he responded after I responded to him that yeah, um, the administrative assistant had asked me to check in on you because she was going to be gone for the next two days. Now this is interesting because it's been said a couple of times in the office that um, I am the manager for this particular project and that anything that needs to happen, I get the final say so because that is my responsibility. You know, which means my managers had to check the administrative assistant for than a couple of times. This is the same one that accused me of being a contagion in the office and stuff like that. So I found that to be very, very interesting, and I say to myself, thank goodness that I'm just working from home right now. It makes it a whole lot easier to deal with this mess. And then about a couple of weeks ago, um, because I work for a government agency, sometimes they actually post the incomes of government agents oh, – I'm sorry, government employees on um, on um, public websites for you to see how much people are working. The records go back all the way to 2018, so you might not see the records you know, for 2019, 2020. Of course, 2020 is not over yet. And I found it particularly interesting you know, the highest-ranking public official for the um, county in which we work, that person is making well over, like, almost $300,000. Um, and um, I started working um, where I work for the county in 2014. At that point, I saw his income was roughly about eh, less than $200,000, about $192. In about six years, his income has gone from about $192 to $300,000. And you know, I, you know, I got to see the, um, the records of other employees. It shows employees that make $50,000 or more. I am not one of those employees that make $50,000 or more. Um, but it's very interesting to see how much money people are making over time and how quickly, how much their money or their income can increase over time, especially when you're at the higher levels. But when you're at the lower levels, even if you use the same percentage, obviously that you know, obviously it doesn't have that effect. But I would argue that the percentage increases um, at the higher levels are easily far, uh, are at least bigger than the increases at the um at the lower level. So for example, we might get an annual one to two percent raise, but it seems like the people at the very top are getting I don't know ten, twenty percent extra every year. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just not doing my math correctly. Um, I'll I'll try harder at math. And then um, I also did notice that when I was able to see individual people who were being, you know, employed at whatever level, at least right now, the highest ranking black person just made it into six figures um, compared to other people who are already making six figures for the county in which we work. But, of course, we could pretty much figure out why you're not going to have a lot of black people making a large amount of money. I will say this. There are some black people who do make a good amount of money. Considering how much black people tend not to make in this society, but um, I'm just now seeing a person make it to six, uh, three, um, six figures at the county in which I work. And then um, my, my wife has something to ask for her own sake.
10: Yes. Hello, everyone. This is Missy um, giving an update from, I think, maybe like three, three weeks, four weeks ago. Um, so I got. I got chewed out or chastised by my supervisor and let's see, that was like July, July 21st around that time. Well August 10th, um, yeah about 10 days ago, I, I got a response from her about working. Uh, back in July she offered me the job to continue as a teaching assistant for a university. And then she followed up, and she said that she's been under a lot of pressure from the MBA office to help a student who is in need of financial assistance to stay in the program. So she was going to offer me probably 18 or 27 hours. It's probably closer to 27 hours per week. Um, And then with this new text message, she was going to cut my hours to nine hours per week. And she asked, is that okay with me? And after she had chewed me out, um a you know, a month or so ago, I had drafted an email and I wanted to resign and all that stuff, but I never sent it. So I was like her sending this text message, cutting my hours. Um I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be like punishment um, and she was coming up with a, a fake reason or whatever, but I thought it was a great opportunity to finally resign from this position that I've been in for over six years. Um, so I, I I send her back a very cordial text message just to thanks for the opportunity. via TA. I will pull these hours so the student can have extra hours to do a work study and continue their education. And then, as mentioned before, you know, she always tries to help the underdogs or the Negroes and Negresses. She follows up with a text message with too much information. She says, thank you very much for letting me know. This student is from Rwanda and is in very capital, 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 very much need to stay afloat. Um, so that that goes back to um, the conversation when I uh, initially talked about this. You know, she's always trying to help the underdogs and she's always, you know mentioning the student's race as though she she's not a non-white person. And there was there was confusion whether she she's Persian, but is she considered white is she classified as white and you know, this text message just reassured me that, yeah, I'm pretty sure, even though she's from um, uh, Iran, that she considers herself a white person, or she identifies with, with whiteness and white supremacy, and, you know, that's, like, her her trying to give a couple of schmeckles to non-white students or um, help them pass to the next class or whatever, that's her way of Waging, I don't know maybe some guilt that she feels or something. So I will conclude my sharing. Okay. Hold on um, not Clinton grad has one more thing to
4: add. Um, going back to what you said earlier about how people are finding ways to defend themselves in the workplace, um, I was having a conversation with a friend earlier this week. Um, obviously you always say one of the best things to do is uh, know the rules and regulations. And one story that my friend gave me is that he's former Air Force. He um, did five years in the Air Force, but this was a lifetime ago, as he's in his 50s now. And apparently his commanding officer at the time had a problem with him. And he, what he did was he went to his commanding officer and asked, is there um, an issue you have with me? If you are, I'm willing to um, c- um, concede my commission and retire from the Air Force if you feel that I can't do the job. I have no problem with that the commanding officer, who I'm going to assume is a white person, I could be incorrect, had no response. And at that point, what my friend did was that um, because his commanding officer didn't have a response for him, he said, okay, fine. So clearly this is a personal issue, so this is what we're going to do. Both of us are going to take off our uniforms, and we're going to go outside, and we're going to slug it out real quick. Apparently in the military, because you have to respect chain of command and stuff like that, but when you're having an issue with your superior officer or something like that, you do have a right to um, confront them outside of the uniform, which allows them to maintain their chain of command, but also respects the fact that you as an individual have a right to stand up for yourself in the military. The commanding officer did not take my friend up on his issue. And then at that point, he had uh, no issues with his commanding officer from, from the rest of the time he was in the Air Force. I bring that up to say um, one of the most important things I've learned as I've gotten older is that you know? I think one of the trick bags when dealing with work issues is that they try to say that if you have any kind of problem, you know, you need to bring it to your manager or something like that, or bring it to the HR department. And uh, I personally feel that um, if you can, as you know, as calm as possible, not you know, not being verbose, mean, argumentative, cursive, or anything like that, but bring it to that immediate person as quickly as possible, and you know, stand your ground before them, and let them know that if they're gonna take you on they're going to have to take you on directly. Um, at least that's my experience. And, of course, I've said a couple of stories from work. And all the issues I've had at work so far, um, I've been able to handle it as an individual and not have to take it up a chain of command. Maybe I got some advice from some people around me, even managers, as advice, because sometimes they were in a room and some of these things happen. But, like, having to take it up a chain of command where you end up in the HR department where, you know, that reports started getting written up and stuff like that, I personally think that should be avoided at all costs. And, I think it's far better for you to try to deal with that person directly and then dare them to go to training command because you have a right to defend yourself at that point and fight it that way versus allowing that person to, um, you know, be that person that go to training uh, command against you. And I will mute our line.
2: Much obliged, non Clemson grad, Miss C. Wow, South Carolina's finest. Um, let me start with the military report, like what kind of savagery, not the the victim of racism, I would address that specifically, but I mean, what kind of savagery? (laughs) We go and drop bombs and, and kill and drone people all over the world, and then we're so uncouth and savage that we can't even be courteous and professional with the very people that are on our own team uh, to help us go and bomb and nuke yeah. and, and everything that they do is they slaughter and pillage all over the world. And apparently that this, this is so much a part of the culture that it can get to the point of, oh, okay, well, we can't settle this within the chain of command, so I'll allow you to keep your honor as a captain or general or whatever you are, but we're going to go outside and duke it out then we'll come back in and put on our stripes and pins and go about the business of bombing and nuking, mostly non-white people. That is insanity. <laughs> like what in the, Woo! it is like every day just being reminded, like we are in a totally insane system, but we did read uh, American sniper. So, you know, hey, Gus. that and I was spectacular. Um, anecdote from this victim of racism and just black self-respect and he seems like he stayed in the question lane asked some questions and just getting to a solution and then the fella didn't want to let's let's go outside and just be men you're a trained killer i'm a trained killer right mano a mano that's what they say ah,
8: nah.
2: <laughs> right then he's no more problems that solved everything oh well spectacular spectacular black self-respect at its best and and you mentioning that anecdote just to say walter beach i do mention him all the time the great walter beach Super Bowl champion he's been a guest on this program repeatedly he's in the photograph uh from the 1960s when they stripped muhammad ali of his heavyweight championship uh jim brown and kareem abdul jabbar and bill russell and a number of uh prominent black athletes at that time walter beach was right there Walter Beach third, he said, cut it at the knees. Exactly what non-Clemson grad just shared, like he said immediately, you know, go right to the person, do not talk to me in that mail, or whatever it is, but just being able to address it right with that person and letting them know what your standards are of professionalism and how you're going to be treated in that workplace. I think that is spectacular. I think a retired firefighter has met a number of folks have mentioned that uh, over the years, just being able to say it directly and get it straight with that. And now, then if it continues, certainly you can go get a more powerful white person. And, you know, I've tried to address it with the person and they're recalcitrant and, you know, we just continue to have these problems and then you can get help. But I mean, yeah, I have seen a lot of times where none of that is necessary. Once you let it that Let it be known with that person. And that's just – As exactly as he said, you don't have to do a whole lot of cursing and yelling at Who do you think – calm. Sometimes just asking a few questions will make it happen too. Uh, let's see. With the non-Clemson grass, that so he's supposed to be in charge of this project, and the white woman steps away. White woman who said he was the contagion spreading the Rona. This was pre-Rona, and he was the contagion. So – uh, so she steps out and and make sure I'm gonna be gone. Make sure you you check on the contagion while I'm away from the office. Even though he's supposed to be in charge of this project, and we've talked about that like billions of times, where you have a black person who is in charge, they're supposed to be making the decisions, not in a system of white supremacy. You will have all kinds of oh, is everything. You sure? Non-Climson? You, you sure? Everything? You got? Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> Make it sh- like, man. Yeah, and that's why it is not my desk, not even my job. I am not in charge. These are not, you know, just little trifling things to be cute with language. It's just being truthful, you know, about the power dynamics because that kind of thing can can chafe at you when you have people that are micromanaging you and checking in. And I, I mean, am I in charge of this or am I not? But when you just get that, yes, we are in a system of white supremacy. (laughs) I understand what is happening. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. The, uh, wow, the salaries, I'm sure that would probably be the same anywhere that we check uh, in terms of the math, and they talk about wealth disparity, there you go right there. White man is just clearing over a quarter or over a third of a million dollars, racking them in, boop, 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 getting all of his raises on time. Non-white fella just got to six figures, just got to 100,000. And this is in South Carolina, so it's not like Seattle where, you know, we don't have a whole lot of black people. They have lots and lots of black people in South Carolina. That's what Dylan Roof was so upset about. Not lots and lots of black people making hundreds of thousands of dollars, at least not in that county, but I suspect that's probably, you know, probably similar. I don't know if we go to Charleston and things would get better or other parts of uh, the state of South Carolina. Uh, Let's see. The Miss C's situation, Uh, so we got the update before, right, this uh, person who, racially ambiguous, maybe some confusion about if she was classified as white, and having some of that confusion removed with her conduct, white people will show you better than I can tell you, better than even they will tell you sometimes, their conduct. I was even like before you got to the she cut the hours when it was at the oh, she, you know, got you this boost in hours up to 27 hours and all. Even then, I was kind of thinking, like, wow, like her conduct, like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I would expect more tackiness uh, from her and something like that where it's 27 hours and then you get all excited and thinking, oh, things are looking good and blah, blah, blah. What? Oh, it's not going to be oh nine oh. Oh, nine. Oh. Like, uh, that's the sort of thing that I would expect. And then even more tackiness on top of that, like, abso- I'm so black self-respect right there. Sometimes it's just recognizing this is an unhealthy environment. This person doesn't even have my best interest at heart. It would be best for me to minimize contact with this person, certainly not to, to continue any sort of professional uh, arrangement because I mean her conduct was so unprofessional uh, and then and then to come out and say well oh I have been under all this stress and before to be all nasty and rude couldn't even consider that maybe I just didn't see the email and I'm like psh,
9: good riddance
2: to bad rubbish uh, and what does it mean to be white we ask that question all the time pay attention to the behavior ask questions but. Be very mindful of the behavior and just be mindful of incorrectness, even if this was a black person, you know, just any, any individual classified as black and they had behaved that way. I would have said the same thing, like, I don't know if I want to work with this person, like, wow, the way they have conducted themselves, like, there should just be, you know, minimums of professional conduct and courtesy, especially if you have years of rapport with a person and how they talk to you, like, yeah, I just think that's a good one. Black self-respect. Black self-respect. Uh, let's see. Much obliged. Non-Clemson grad, uh, Missy. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up. Let's see. Let's see. Other folks who are with us, uh, if you have a hand up launch should be open. Oh. Hi, Gus. B in Toronto. Yes, ma'am.
11: Hi, greetings to you callers and listeners. Uh, so I had a couple of reports um, with respect to neutralizing workplace racism. Uh, the first report is uh, this week I was presented a gift of soap Um, and I've noticed this is the second time actually my third time in in the history of my career that I've been presented soap so uh, the very first time was when I was in my 20s and uh, I at that time wasn't as um as codified as i am now so i had accepted it um and then the second time was about three plantations ago during uh christmas of which i've conveniently did not pick it up at all and then the third time was actually two days ago and uh I noticed that it's the like for the reason why I say that this is really interesting is because uh, hygiene products um, are fairly intimate gifts that you wouldn't necessarily give to an employee and um considering it within the context of white supremacy um and how racism is utilized to mistreat people. Uh, often with the stereotypes of black people being "quote unquote" dirty or "quote unquote" smelling or "quote unquote" whatever they they like to uh, spread as lies um, about black people. So what I did in that particular situation was, um, and it was it was coming from the executive director as well. So what I um, had done in that particular situation. As I had mentioned, oh, that's so very thoughtful of you to, you know, consider soap. Um, now, mind you, I, I do get paid enough to purchase my own soap and I have my own special brand. However, what's going to be really nice is for the clients to be able to enjoy this type of soap. Do you have any more so that I can forward to the client so that they can enjoy? That that's, was my rebuttal to all of that. Mind you, the executive director was flabbergasted. I guess um, they were anticipating that I was going to accept this quote unquote intimate unacceptable gift. So I chose not to Turned it around and made it into an opportunity for the less fortunate to be able to enjoy that gift, um, which is um, a, a plus in um, adding to the reputation. And um, uh, or making my reputation stronger in the agency and um, at the same time, being able to successfully sidestep any possible uh, mistreatment um, or misconceptions or both that would have um, taken place if I were to accept the gift of the soap. So, even though it sounds quite trivial, it's actually not. I would encourage everyone to be very, very mindful of the types of gifts that they're being offered. The first question that should always be in your mind is why? What is the purpose? And um, and then if there's a way that you can um, turn it so that everybody else can benefit so that it would go to your credit about how humble and um, how generous you are um, and considering others, then use it to to strengthen your reputation. Because the three things um, that I, I, or the three codes that I go by is defend your time, defend your reputation, defend your money. So um, it should be, so your actions, or well, my actions and my codification goes to strengthening these three things at all times. Um, so I guess in, in this case, I would be defending my reputation. Um, so, yeah, so that that was the first part. And the second part was um, going back to uh, monitoring uh, your paycheck. Uh, I was able to uh, figure out rather quickly by creeping a, a close eye on the paycheck that I was missing a day, and uh we'll be getting compensated for it because I mentioned it promptly to the to the uh payroll supervisor um so just keeping a close eye on hours and uh, making sure that you know it's um making sure that you you definitely say something um even more than say something send an email so it's, it's uh, dated and timestamped. and um and so that you can have that rectified as soon as possible. So those are the two things I have for now. And um, oh, yes, um, there there was I, I came in a little bit um, later, so I, I missed most of it. Uh, but the part that I did uh, catch was that um, the individual uh, was Persian but operates as a white person. Um, so I just want to let you know that in in my observations, uh, those who consider themselves Persians um, have classified themselves as white and do tend to operate as uh, white people. So they, they may ingratiate themselves as non-white, but they do operate as white from, from what I've observed. It may be different for others. So I, I just keep it codified as treating them as white people. Uh,
2: so thank you and I leave the line. That was B in Toronto. Uh with the soap gift, does the Rona impact that at all? Because they say they've been saying every day for like five months, wash your hands, wash your hands. Does that does that uh Change the context of a soap gift in 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 the midst of the pandemic, or no? That's still you know the same thing. It's too personal, and and the racist context. It still doesn't matter.
11: Well, um, thank you, Gus. Uh, that's a great question. Um, in terms of um, it, it doesn't uh, change the fact. Um, I, I would more go towards the latter, and the reason why I say this is because there's already. Soap as part of the PPE, uh, so there is soap supplies that are readily accessible to clients at any given time, uh, as well as to staff. So for this particular type of soap gift, yes, it was rather unusual. Um, it seemed to—I I mean, you can you can just get the the basic run-of-the-mill soap that anyone can access and utilize, but this particular type of soap had um a more pleasant scent it was more of a, an upper scale type of soap um, so that's why I had questioned it as to you know why would one offer uh, this type of soap it's it's a rather intimate unacceptable gift um, and um, I mean it, it wasn't going to do anything spectacular, um, like change my life with the scent or anything like that. So, and on top of that, um, I kept looking at why would one, and, and maybe it's, maybe it's, it's, it's reactionary. Um, the reason why I took to this, um, maybe I was just thinking of, okay, what is behind the, the reason of the action? Because, um, the executive director and myself were not chummy um we rarely see each other. I just thought it was very unusual, and I don't know how much racism is at play. Maybe it is because it is so embedded in everything that um occurs in day to day life uh But the thing that I was looking at was if I were to accept that soap one um Would it be saying that I don't have enough money to purchase my own soap number two are is it confirming a stereotype that black people are smelly or um, unhygienic and three, you know what other jokes and other types of mistreatment that would come from it. And it's very unfortunate that even an act of gift giving has to undergo this type of analysis, but it's so important to go through it to protect oneself. Um, I I hope I didn't go off tangent, but um, uh, that's the answer I have for now. Thank you.
2: nope not off uh not off tangent and uh logical response right on might be something to consider like unless unless it's uh cash legal tender cash uh a gift card that you can use like it's not a gift card to like the liquor store or something <laughs> like uh, i mean unless it's you know gift card, cash, uh no gifts in the workplace. That might be the vast, like I'm good. Like uh we're not doing bridal showers, birthday parties, no gifts. That we avoid all. That was no food, no soap, no nothing. Um but yeah that is super super light, especially since you're sharing that it's you know, this was like a scented uh soap and that type of thing. Not just to make sure you don't get the Rona, wash your hands. Um, yeah, I like the regift as well. That way, it's it's not a, you know, oh I'm repulsed, throwing into the trash uh, type of response. Like, oh man, this is wonderful, but you know, our clients would really appreciate it. In fact, if you got a few extra bars, I'm gonna give this to them right now. I bet they would love this and the Rona. But who can be upset about that? Let's share with them. That's abundance with the client. Abundance, woohoo! Uh, that might be one we can use in because the, they dump lots of useless gifts on Black people in workplace settings. Wage theft. Now, that's at least the second time uh, B in Toronto has shared about wage theft, where they had uh, the, the hero pay or whatever they call it north of the border, uh, the Rona payments uh, for Canadian essential workers. She had to keep asking. And keep, keep asking and keep asking. And they didn't answer the question. Finally, after she keeps pestering, and then they send the compensation. And even then, without all the documentation, I'm like, make sure did I get the right amount of compensation? Did they wage a theft? And then you check again, like, wait a minute, I'm missing a whole day. Like, man, that's quite a bit of coins uh, for most people to be missing an entire, like, not an hour or four hours, an entire day's worth of pay. Like, geez check. Got to be mindful. That is very, very common uh, for non-white people all over the world where I, and it's generally, it's not an error where, wow, I got five extra days. Nope. It will generally be like, man, I missed a whole week. Like, what's going on? Like, that's the type of thing that you have to be mindful of. That's why why I just said, I just said, you want to, there's certain things, policy and procedure, it would be better to review them before there is a problem. Injuries in the workplace, that is definitely one. Compensation, and if there is a dispute about compensation, it may have been a clerical error, as they say. What is the procedure? Two excellent ones to know in advance. That way you can just get a quick refresher
8: and
2: go about solving problems i uh, much obliged to be in Toronto, wage theft, glad you were mindful. Uh, the number again is <clears throat> 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-pound, press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, before I nab the other folks who dialed in, uh, I had the video up when promoting the broadcast for Jerome Bettis, black male victim of racism. Uh, he is a Hall of Fame, in the Hall of Fame, uh, football Hall of Fame. He won uh, Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he played for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and all of that, you know, legendary uh, football player, and particularly in the state of Pennsylvania, I just said, he won a uh, Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers, retired with him, played great chunk of his career with, him, with them and everything. So beloved uh, in the state of Pennsylvania, he was working with a company there and had to file uh, a suit against them saying that they practiced racism, uh, not just he, against he and his brother, Uh, He had working in this uh, business venture, and I believe wage theft was even involved in his case. Now, I mean, Jerome Bettis, Hall of Fame football player, it's not like he's out, you know, bumming quarters uh, or anything. But even still, that's not the point. Uh, Even still, like, oh, we love you, Jerome Bettis, and oh, we grew up watching you and terrible talent. Yeah, you're a nigger and your brother's a nigger, too. (laughs) See if we can jip you out of $5. Like, what? disgraceful all the way through. It's not about cash. doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. It is the system of racism, white supremacy. What does it mean to be white? If you are classified as not white, you can expect mistreatment anywhere in the known universe. Let's see. Other folks uh, who dialed in… Uh, All right. Other folks who are with us with a hand up, proceed.
6: Can I be heard? Greetings, retired firefighter.
7: Greetings, Gus. Greetings to everyone. Uh yes, I I, I heard uh Miss B's uh report and uh I would say this that there is tons of information books on what to do and what not to do with gifts uh whether it's uh personal uh, whether it's in within employment the proper things to uh uh, uh give if someone, you know, wants to do something like that and what's not a, a considered to be a gift, good gift, and not only state on that, they would give reasons on why. Uh, and I know that white people buy and purchase or obtain this information on YouTube. They, they do it all the time. So there is no way... In the world that uh, someone would hand a, a group of black firefighters a watermelon you know which actually happened uh, which I know you know Gus because you reported it uh, 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 in an all-black fire station and didn't turn around and say oh, I didn't know better like, no no way no way white people are not that dumb you know or or uh ignorant to uh such things uh it's a matter of whether or not the non white person would be aware of the incorrectness more so than anything and uh yeah I was just I was of listening to that listening to her report and uh uh just thinking about the the attitude the attitude of the white person who uh uh presented that as a quote unquote gift. And that's something that's consistent in the workplace and with the the, the nature of culture that exists on the job that I worked on fully <sighs> it, it, it's it's even worse. It's a lot worse. Because even because in those, in the nine to five office office place type of uh, uh workplaces, I would say that they are more have a more of a tendency to be more studious in those type of practices uh that's just a guess of guess of mine as opposed to uh something like the fire service still has the tradition of quote unquote white male interaction you know so to speak, and so but like I said, even, even in that atmosphere, I, do, I hold responsible of any incorrectness that a white person does. And I, would, I, I do not even think about the idea that they, that they deliberately made a mistake in what they were saying or doing you know, on that behalf. They, in other words, my thought is always they know exactly on what they did or what they are doing. You know, in, in, in that situation and that's just my some thoughts. You know, so you know, anybody anybody else who may be a victim of that, you know, should be made aware. Thank you.
9: Much obliged, retired firefighter.
2: Other folks we have missed totally.
8: Proceed.
9: Folks are
2: spectating, which is odd, because we do have a number of hands up, but as folks are spectating, we should be here tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Pacific, compensatory call-in. We'll review what has happened the last seven days, the election nonsense. Yes, that would be one I'll share. Uh, We'll touch on next few months, I reckon. Uh, The election, if you are fortunate enough, non-Clemson grad is in that group, a few others, if you get to work from home right now, whoopee, you get to miss out on all of the election hoopla. That will be spectacular. You don't have to hear anything about, you know, what happened at the convention. Who are you going to vote for? Have you mailed your ballot in? You can miss all of that. If you are in the workplace, go ahead and get your political code together. It could be short. I don't discuss politics in the workplace. Great short one. You don't have to say anything else. Just repeat. I don't discuss politics in the workplace. You can give them a variety. I just don't pay attention to all that.
8: Reporting.
2: You can redirect. You can redirect and ask your own questions. I always love it when people dial in, have a hand up, do not talk, but just have background noise to disrupt. Always love it. But anyway. <clears throat> you can have uh your workplace code where I just don't pay attention to all that. Politics, I mean. You can have the redirect and ask them, who are you voting for? And it has been my experience that a lot of white people are not going to discuss that with a non-white person in the workplace. Sometimes you have exceptions. You know, well, they'll talk and, and tell you this, and, oh, I loved Obama, or, oh, you know, some folks say, I love Trump. You know, voting for him again. You know, picked him last time, and, you know, why change things up? You can take an opportunity to ask any questions but i would not uh this is not the time for you to get up and talk about uh racism who you're going to vote for what you think about kamala harris none of that uh unless you're like paid unless that's your job you're your political analyst of some sort i'm here to do whatever the job is not to share our views on what's going to happen at the ballot box so let's get back to work but Be clear, whatever, you know, variation of it it is, it does not include you sharing your views on politics. Uh, Let's see. Other folks uh, who we've missed totally, if you have a hand up, proceed.
9: Now we heard Greetings, caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners, and callers. Uh, I want to start out with my first one. Um, We have the, I don't know if I should say the election, speaking of politics. uh, I don't know, maybe the term is primaries where you have either a bunch of uh, so-called Democrats or so-called Republicans um, competing, I guess, to get the most votes to uh, get the victory or whatever. And a lot of uh, people classified as black, a lot of black people have uh, been victorious, I guess, Um, namely the most uh, high profile, I guess, in the county, Is for a sheriff. Okay, so a black male, you know how to usually say the proverbial, the first black sheriff of the county, a black male, Uh, but he still has to compete, I guess, against some uh, random uh, white person, what they call the right-in or whatever. So the Morning Wednesday, a lot of eerie silence as I expected from the bulk of the white staff and especially the security, which are uh, sheriffs, people who work right there directly. Um, that same sergeant, uh, definitely disgusting, he turned his face. When he saw me, so and uh, his own officer was very courteous. I spoke to him. You know, I went on about my business, but just the reaction, you know, uh, the member of the clique. I guess she likes to say she's Russian, but you know, more tan skin or whatever. Uh, she's saying that. Well, I just don't get. Why do they have? A sheriff either being Democrat or Republican I just think they should do away with this and she opened it up with that metaphor it looks like it's a new sheriff in town so all of these comments um, I think it just showed her disapproval and how she was not satisfied with those results so I was jotting that down in my own email which I have tons of reports well hundreds really but um, that was one of the ones I wanted to start out with. Uh, my second one is I was upstairs, and I know you mentioned white dog. this one involves dogs, so there were three white women as I was picking up the um documents to take back downstairs, and someone mentioned. Uh, chocolate lab, chocolate here again. And she was saying, well, "Oh, do you want a, a three-legged chocolate chocolate lab?" I guess she doesn't want the uh, dog anymore, or whatever. And this other white woman was saying that this small, she has a small dog, and she has to constantly watch him, and he always gets into trouble. And a tell sign that he gives is he gives Chinese eyes. All right, she didn't use the word squint or any other uh, term that shows that uh, you're doing a certain type of thing with your eyes. She said he gets Chinese eyes or they get Chinese eyes when they are guilty and they know they've done something wrong. So I say I should make note of that. My third one is there was another uh, clique member, two of them this time, trying to, I guess, uh, get a black person into helping uh, go into the cashier box. But I think that's been suspicious because they may be trying to put something on her about money so I guess they can steal money again or whatever uh, so more gang activity in that area so I believe she stood up for herself and their attempts didn't work so I don't know maybe they tried they may try to do it on somebody else but the reason they brought up the black person was because the two other people called in sick or whatever Um. My next one is I sent out an email um, about me having to come in to work full-time. And now they have three other white people that are in, but they are on a higher tier than I am. They are better valued and better compensated, of course, And they have another white woman that is also coming in full-time, but my context is different than theirs. So uh, ever since, I believe it was July the 26th or whatever, I've been working full-time. So I just don't think that I got an honest uh, explanation as to why I have returned to full-time. They just said that it was because of increased demand, but we've been doing our uh, customer interactions. Or we've have we've had customers coming in due to uh, making an appointment, whether it's passports or doing deeds, or they need any copies or anything like that. It just seems like things have been normal. So, but the other side of it is that. I've been finding out a lot of heavily constructive information uh it looks like um my coworker has not been reporting the work coming into work like she should have been uh and I think that's what led to me being called back in that and someone being lazy and shiftless white person and not wanting to do their part to be my so-called backup. But yet at the same time, um, which leads to my next one is that someone in the archives area has, um, I guess, tested positive for the uh, COVID-19. And earlier this week, the whole, well, the bulk of the staff we will send the email that said that they had to go home and i hadn't heard anything um any update on that yet so <laughs> uh this led me to send a, a very like detailed email um again okay uh but the first one they the, the warden responded to it but i wasn't really talking to her i was trying to respond you know talking to the supervisor so I guess they formed some kind of racist code and got the the warden to respond and not the the white supervisor. So, I mean, I already know that they they are all teaming up. They you know they're teaming up together, and I'm by myself. So, I just tend to I don't want to talk to her. You know, like I I told them like I'm not talking to her. So, I don't know. Maybe she annoyed that I don't want to respond to her. So. But what I'm saying is that ever since I sent that email, a lot of these things are starting to happen. Um, and I think it was a black male, I believe, that got a a, um, a positive test result from when I talked to one of the people from the area. But I, I have not been having much contact with them. But they didn't even want to inform us at first that, there was a um, person that tested positive. So I don't know if they was trying to have them come back within two weeks or whatever, but it sounds like they aren't being, once again, they aren't being honest about things. So definitely um, staying vigilant and asking questions. And I'm noticing a lot of people being quiet. This is why I also say I'm alone in this because I can predict that that, you know, the people around me aren't going to say anything. And I have them in the emails, and y'all seeing me question these people, y'all can do this too. So, they're going to respond in the same way. So, you know, I just try to make sure I try to inspire especially other black people. Um, my last one is uh, definitely well the a moment on this, ice cream. A lot of uh, chocolate type ice cream. Uh, the civil department was eating these desserts and stuff. So I'm like, where? Where did all this ice cream come from? She says, oh, uh, the the black female supervisor, I guess, went and passed them out. So the other victim that I spoke to, she said she thought it was something suspicious about it. Like, I guess it was some kind of distraction, I guess. Uh, and when I told her about my first email, she said the black male never uh, mentioned to her that I sent that email out, you know, calling them out. And I did it again today. So I, I do want to agree with that point about sending out emails because, like, I just think it's just better than me going back there trying to explain stuff and ask questions. I could just go back to what I said, you know, and to end it ended out. I'm going to say um, what started the email today was the supervisor mentioning to me, and then she put everybody else in the email saying, Oh, well, you mentioned to me on two occasions that you feel segregated from the rest of the department. So now, when I typed mine up, the way I began it was, I said, the direct quote is as follows. It says I'm segregated. I didn't say I feel segregated. And I you know, and I directly quoted it from that email. It was on June fifteenth. Boom, put the date on it and everything. So that yeah, that is very important about uh emails and documentation and paper trail. So uh that's all I have to share right now. Thanks for allowing me to speak. There is a difference between
2: uh, uh, I feel segregated as opposed to I am segregated. There is a difference. Let's see. Wow. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we have our Rona report for this week. She says, unfortunately, someone from archives tests positive and you get more unjust networking. And I'm calling this unjust networking because I feel it, it is. It's, it's, he coined the term. He can let me know if I'm you know, corrupting the term that he coined, but unjust networking, generally when you have suspected racists uh, who are <clears throat> sharing information amongst themselves for unjust purposes, to mistreat someone. In my view, this is unjust networking because they are not. They, it's the same thing. We have our little insulated, our little firewall, so that these people get the information we share it amongst ourselves. We do not share to those outside. So whether it's we're telling racist jokes, we are, you know, uh, making fun of the black mom who doesn't come in and, you know, whatever whatever we're doing, whatever our normal office hijinks are, or, oh, we got an outbreak of the Rona. Uh, hmm, maybe we'll tell them uh, – We'll tell them, let's wait a week. Let's wait a week. That way we don't have a whole lot of panic and things. Let's give it a week and see if anybody notices. They might not even notice that Ted is gone. And uh, if they don't notice, then we just won't say anything about it. Like, what? This seems to be common where folks are popping up, tested positive, haven't been here for, you know, two weeks or what have you, and Nobody knows. Nobody's been told, you know, maybe you want to get tested, see where this person worked at, that type of thing. Or they wait a really long time, like the person hasn't been here in a week. Like, dang, what happened to Jill? Have you seen? Oh, I think she might. What do you mean she got the wrong? Like, when were y'all going to tell us? Like, (laughs) again, the United States, number one in the world. Florida specifically has been the worst uh, for the longest time. Right on Governor DeSantis. Uh, that would be a reason why that sort of conduct. Unju- I'm saying that would be unjust networking. This is something that you should be sharing broadly. Nope. You just keep that with you know our little our little courthouse clique that you know Teddy got the Uh And so you got people out. All these adjustments uh, with the virus. Messing up people's work schedule. I think uh, our caller here at the courthouse, he had told us before how it had messed up people's schedule and people weren't, you know, working full-time hours and all the rest of it. Now he's looking at the schedule and he's being called back because, as he said, don't we talk about this all the time? Lazy white people not doing their work. Now we gotta get the Negras and get them back on to get more hours because we know he at least will get work done. We know we gotta mess over his water and all the rest of it, but he will get his work done. Uh let's see. The ice cream being handed out. Now I chuckled. Uh I was muted, but I chuckled because I said, Now, I don't know who uh the victim was who said that they thought it was something suspicious about the ice cream going out. It seemed like that was timed around the same time that you sent your email uh, to the folks asking questions about things. Uh, but they said it seemed like it was something suspicious. All these, you know, confectionery treats popping up uh, right at this moment. That right there tells me all I need to know about food in the workplace. Uh, I, I'll just stick to what I said for, you know, a long time. Nothing like They break out like gourmet eats in the workplace. Like, oh, man, folks who don't even participate in workplace races are like, whoa, something is wrong with this. Like, wait a minute. Like, they have broken out Godiva chocolate for everybody? Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, yeah, we don't need to eat anything. Just let me know who tested positive for the Rona. Like, you can keep all the caviar if you got Evian water. Anything else that you think is groovy eats, I'm cool. The peanut on M&M's too. Just let me know if anybody tests positive for the Rona so we can take all the precautions and everything else. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> uh, so we got the, we're reading White Dog. Uh, it's Thursday, the book club. We're a little over the halfway point. We just read the fifth session uh, yesterday. German shepherd who hates Negroes. So he reports on a chocolate lab. Those are so common that it's delectable uh, Negro, even that name, chocolate lab. <laughs> anyway, so the white owner with her chocolate lab says that I can tell when he's about to do something mischievous, get those Chinese eyes. Jap eyes, you yeah. know, can't trust the slant eyed folk anyway. Uh, oh, matter of fact, we had the section, yes, I forgot all about it. Romaine Gary, he had the section in White Dog, we just read it yesterday. He said, he said it was when the black male, Mr. Keyes, asked him a direct question, yes or no, are you going to let me have the dog? And he says, ooh. I've got that oriental streak in me that does not respond well to direct questions people
8: asking mm-hmm.
2: me. Like, come on. That's Oriental. I forgot what path. I pulled it up. I highlighted it. We just talked about that yesterday in the book where I said now, even white people be like, Come on, come on, Roman, You cannot be saying you got an oriental streak. that is just racist. I suspect you could probably even get a good number of white people to come on now. The dog does not have Chinese eyes. That is racist. You know that is racist. What are you saying? Might as well say Jap eyes. Come on now. Uh, let's see. I'm not surprised at all the folks you've done all this mischievous asking questions and what have you at the courthouse, no less, uh, that you can feel the tension. People are turning their heads, coming in the courthouse and that type of a thing, even other victims. And that is to be expected. Uh, Mr. Fuller has talked about that. In fact, I think uh, the caller at the courthouse has told us before, I think he said, there were uh, black people who worked in the segregation section where he is. And they were offering some of the similar reports saying, man, we don't feel valued. They don't care about us at all. We come up here and work hard and slave, and they don't even care. And he walks by and they say, Oh, there's our ally. Come here, brother. In arms, we don't they don't value you either. They just mistreat the that wasn't it. Lord, you make make things even You don't get away from around here. That that is what to expect. It's not gonna be whoopee and we love you. And you know, you're asking questions and, and even looking out for our safety. If you're asking about the Rona and who tested positive and when did we find that out? That's good for everybody. Nah. Get out of here. That's what you can expect if you're addressing racism, really, if you're just following logic, really doing any, you don't have to be doing anything. Do not expect uh, that folks are going to be in love with you, even other black people uh, in a workplace setting. Uh, you'll probably be setting yourself up for disappointment. At minimum, you could be pleasantly surprised if it, happened and I, if it happens. And I always appreciate a pleasant surprise. But you do not want to be disappointed thinking that, you know, they're gonna, there's going to be some Negro appreciation and gratitude or some non-white alliance because you're about promoting justice and safety and counter-racism in the workplace, you'll probably be a despised coon. Guard your water. Uh, let's see. Oh, the quick, I forgot. The, they going around trying to beat people out of their – man, in, in any sort of uh, work situation – be extremely mindful when folks are coming around for their solicitations, whatever it is. I think we talked about that before because they'll come around for all kinds of reasons. You've seen that in the workplace. Already have your sob story. If you're a victim of racism, what I always say, write poorly. I'm always doing right. I'm broke. I'm flat broke. The Rona, everything. I don't have Matter of fact, you got 50 cents I can borrow? Go get a little lunch. You don't have 50? dollar. Anything? I would have my sob story like I'm not participating in nothing. I don't care what it is, what they're fundraising for or going around trying to rob folks that is standard operating procedure in the workplace. Uh, let's see. Did I get? Mm. The Rona thing is so serious because we've heard that so many times from different folks, them not telling when people are testing positive. That's why I keep saying take it serious. That is black self-respect right now. Like. Asking questions uh, and being serious about that, taking it serious, not being in a work environment where you have other people who are being silly and not distancing and all the rest of it, and then, oops, somebody tested positive, and it's just, you know, whatever. Let's go get some donuts. Like, come on. Take it serious. Ask questions. Be alert. Be vigilant about that sort of thing. Uh, If folks are, are out missing for more than just a day or what have you, looks like it's a long period of time, be asking questions. Where is this person? Are they are they quarantined? You can even ask that directly since folks are uh, hoofing. I wouldn't even, you know, are they sick? Are they quarantined? Do we know if they have anything related to the RONA? Be direct, since we got a lot of pussyfooting and unjust networking uh, around uh, disclosing, have any of our employees tested positive or at risk for the virus? We don't want to take this home to our family. People have children. If you live with some folks who might have a compromised immune system, that sort of thing, take it serious. Be vigilant in the workplace. Uh, Much obliged uh, caller in Florida. Chinese eyes. Chinese eyes. We came from China. My man, that's why I said four more years, and you got people talking like that in the workplace. We got our dog. Got those mischievous, my Chinese eyes. And then the president comes on and it came from China, Four more years, he has for sure got Florida locked down. They didn't even have the convention there. They could have stayed in North Carolina. Locked down. Four more years. Uh, the number again is 720-716-7300. Code five six four pounds Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Mm. Other folks uh, who dialed in, if we have folks we uh, missed totally, if you have commentary to share, uh, feel free. Uh, if you have either suggestions, definitely if you have suggestions, uh, do not part- uh, spectate. Uh, if you have problems and such, feel free to share. We'll do our best to offer, uh, counter racist mm-hmm. suggestions. Uh, folks, we missed. folks are spectating, hopefully that means uh, that you are not being terrorized right now, but with all of the chaos that is happening in this calendar year, I would find that a
6: little bit difficult to
2: believe, but uh, if folks are spectating, we'll definitely not be staying until eight. so do not think you're just going to lollygag and spectate and all that and do nothing for uh, an hour. Um, Let's see. The I had taken notes. I've written down so many notes. I missed one. I guess I'll get it as we go. I had one note that I wanted to make sure I went back to that one of the folks uh, had shared uh, previously. I have to get it when I come back to it. Uh, make sure <clears throat> you are updating your resume even within all the chaos of this year. I would still uh, be looking for ways of updating building uh, your resume in the midst of all of that difficult though it may be just did the yoga retreat my resume is obsolete my yoga resume I have to go back and update that myself Uh, I would still be looking for ways to enhance uh, in the midst of all of this chaos Uh, I know we had some cows listeners a listener in China he said they put them on lockdown he took the opportunity to invest his time and energy and picked up another skill with coding in fact ended up learning it so well in the two months that they had to sit in the house uh, in his part of China, he ended up using that on his job and got a rate, like a substantial raise. So be looking for ways, even in the midst of all this. You have to stay home more, fantastic. Uh, Use it as an opportunity where you can uh, enhance. If it's I can go and use this to polish uh, my resume, I can use this to polish my website, I can use this to get some writing done, whatever it is, Use this time and energy, at least a portion of it, at least a portion of it, uh, to enhance, uh, develop your career, your brand, as it were. Uh, One thing I can say, I guess one component to that, try to share. Like that might help you uh, if you are looking to be motivated uh, about a new project, a new workplace, uh, entrepreneurial opportunity. uh, Share with other folks. Like I said, uh, I'm serious. I would love the opportunity to do some meal prep. Uh, I was able to make lasagna, uh, and well, I made that at the retreat, but I made lasagna to share with a black female who uh, does not have uh, a working oven, so it greatly compromises what she can cook. And she's a yoga instructor, and trying to do better with eating. So, oh man, we'll do we'll do veggie uh, veggie lasagna at a distance it was great, uh, but just trying to let more folks know I'm serious about that. Even though I do think it would be kind of an obstacle to do that meal prep here in Seattle, because I'm not really interested in doing that for white people. Uh, but eh, it seems like it might be possible with uh, black people, non-white people. A lot of folks here are into uh, plant-based eating, so might be possible, although it would definitely be easier, it would seem, in an area with more black people someplace other than Washington State. But yes, I would be super- I am super uh, interested in doing uh, meal prep uh, and figuring out ways, and really just at the core of that, sharing healthy food with black people to help them feel better, actually have better health and enjoy eating where you can sit down and have spectacular food every time that is healthy and it's not going to kill you and have your immune system all weak and compromise. But, yeah, if you can uh, find other projects uh, that you are looking to get involved with, for your career, enhancing your career, building your career. Use some of this time uh, that we have got during the whole Rona crisis. Invest a little bit of that time. You can take like an hour every day, a few hours every day. Uh, and just that should add up substantially uh, over a week or two uh, in terms of you being able to enhance, refine, build your brand. More to come. I'll have more, hopefully, to report food prep. Food prep, vegan, proof, vegan, plant-based food prep, meal prep. Anywho, <clears throat> uh, the number is seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. Dr. Ruby Lathan, she does that. She does that on the other side of the world, but I'll chat with her. If there are other folks who are in your field who might have some tips, if you have Black people, chat it up with them. See if they have helpful tips to share. I'll see if we can get her on the program. That can be one question that I can get in. If she has any tips, uh, hopefully it'll be applicable. I, I suspect it's it's very different being a black, uh, attempting to be a black vegan cook in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area as opposed to doing it in Seattle. But we shall see. Dr. Ruby Lathan will check in with her, get some healthy food tips, and then ask her about Uh, Meal prepping, I think she's been doing that for at least a year or two. Uh, See how that's been going. Does she have a healthy clientele? Anywho, uh, number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, Let's see. Uh, There folks we missed totally, uh, if you have commentary to share, uh, and or uh, folks, if you have suggestions, thoughts on what has been shared thus far, proceed. Hi, guys. Be in Toronto. Yes, ma'am.
11: Yes. I, I also wanted to mention an, an update. Um, I believe it was last Friday or the Friday be lo- before last of the white women or the white woman with her dog uh, that um, she was allowing onto the property um, to relieve themselves. Uh, and it wasn't even her property. Um, so she actually came by again today uh, with the same dog. This time, again, putting the dog on the property. Mind you, this is uh, one of the plantation's property. Um, And uh, so as she was walking, um, she decided to deliberately stand behind my vehicle at this time. Uh, So... um, and she was standing and texting and whatnot. And I, I casually turned on the vehicle because I was about to exit. Um, so I didn't move the vehicle, but I just simply turned it on. Um, of which she seemed a little startled and uh, skirted off um, on her way. Uh, but I've been noticing that she can. I would see her more and more with um, bringing her her dog. And putting the dog on the property. So the other thing that I I do as well is I've been um, I've been forwarding proposals to put up no trespassing signs, um, so that uh, and I and I placed the wording in a way that it's for the safety and security of uh, of those that are living within the buildings, um, of which um, the no trespassing signs are pending. So just when coming around to community members who um, who for whatever reason um, are being, um, how can I say, uh, an annoyance uh, with their pets um, and they know that it's not their property and then they know that they're not supposed to be doing what they're doing, um, that there are ways to solving it. So I, that's what I wanted to share and I leave the line. Thanks so much.
2: Much obliged, uh, be in Toronto. Um. Though hmm. so I'm not a dog fan. Not a dog fan for many reasons. Even before we read White Dog, I was not a dog fan. Um for so those type of incident and it seems like even that, I feel like that is ridiculous. Like <clears throat> the number of dog incidents that pop up with workplace racism, not just, you know, my dog has Chinese eyes and blah blah blah. But I mean like people <clears throat> either bringing their dogs to the work environment and, you know, this type of situation, the dog is, you know, or the dog owner, really, the dog, the the racist owner is allowing all of this to happen with the dog relieving himself on the property. Um, but, I mean, why is all this even having to be discussed in the workplace? Like, it's your hound. You do your business while he's at home, all of that. Like, It is amazing uh, how frequently this will end up being something that you have to deal with in a workplace setting. Uh, If this white woman was something that I actually knew, then I would probably do what we've discussed this broadcast already, the direct confrontation uh, about this. And even if I didn't know her, uh, I might, although with things as they are now, uh, with the RONA, and particularly in the U.S., with all of the heavily armed white people, I might feel some type of way uh, because I've been saying consistently, you know, avoid verbal confrontations with white people out in public, that sort of thing. Uh, This one might be one where I might allow an enforcement officer uh, to intercede because she could be – she should be ticketed. Uh, In many places, that is – like, that's a fine. So this might be one where I would just let the enforcement officials as opposed to having to go and talk to this person. You know, I mean, I guess in Canada they probably wouldn't have a gun, but I mean, U.S. at minimum, they could have a gun, taser, all kinds of things. Like, uh, might not be one that I'd want to confront them directly, but um, yeah, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> and even, even that, I could, I would not be surprised if it was deliberate. Like, if she sees, you know, who lives there or who works there, like, oh, let my doggy poop where this nigger parked, <laughs> and you know, all the rest of it. So, yeah. You had to deal with that. Hopefully, you get that permanently
6: neutralized
2: uh, so you don't have to deal uh, with I mean, yeah, I'm not a dog fan for many, many reasons.
11: Neutralizing
2: workplace. Oh, be in Toronto? Yes, ma'am.
11: Sorry. Yes, just to add, um, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I did contact um, the city bylaw because they've recently. Uh, revamped their uh, bylaws for pet owners and particular dogs. Um, So uh, the thing that they're doing is as long as you have, um, as as long as the owner has a leash that is at least two meters long and they technically have not had the dog off the leash onto another person's property, um, then it's, it's not finable. Like it's, it's not a, it's not a an offense that can be fined um and as long as the dog hasn't defecated on on the private property or in the park's area then it's not um it's not a uh an offense that can be fined as well the only time that it can be fined is if, um, if excrement is left behind and the dog owner did not pick up, then that's a $240 um, fine. But then the onus would be left on um, the, the person to uh, find where this dog owner lives so that they have to let the city know the address of the offending dog owner. Um, who's left the excrement behind, in this particular situation, um, the dog is urinating. So they're allowing the dog to urinate. They're having the leash on. So they they are, too, are aware. So this is very, very deliberate um, because I'd even see her give the dog treats um, to allow this dog to to go and pee on the lawn. And the problem is that it, the nitrates within the urine burn to the grass um, so hence the reason as to why I had advocated to have the no trespassing signs, and then adding the fact that you know it's very unsettling having people just stand on the sidewalk while their dogs are allowed to uh, walk on the property while on a leash um, and this is just all in efforts to to really just have that white woman uh keep her dog off that property so that she can stop doing that because um that's that's her passive aggressive um way of terrorizing and um and she knows what she's doing it's not even her property uh but thanks i hope that helps i leave the line
2: not a dog fan for many reasons thank you for the uh, clarification yeah that I've heard that before when they urinate I'm talking about the canines and such when they urinate or defecate it can you know mess up the mess up the grass Uh, I've I've heard that from a number of folks and so to have to deal with that it's not even it's not even my dog like
8: uh,
2: I can only again what does it mean to be white I have seen a number of instances where this type of behavior is not an accident, and again, it's too many times we have to talk about hounds in the workplace. I mean, we've already got racists and all their shenanigans and wage thefts, and you know, a thousand other things to think about. In <clears throat> now Verona, in a work environment, to also like really, and you got to bring your dog in the war- into the office, like really? Yes, frequently. Uh, as I said, uh, with the dog thing, a lot of times you can just go directly to policy and procedure on that one to nip that in the bud if that is you know if you're having to deal with that unfortunately uh let's see other folks, uh, if you have commentary to share again, you can drop an email if you are not interested in participating via phone until justice at gmail dot com <clears throat> until at gmail dot com and we can read your email. Uh, on the air anonymously, uh, star 6-1, for folks who dialed in, if you have uh, additional thoughts, observations, suggestions to share. Uh, if we have lots of spectators, we will definitely be concluding early. Uh, that is miraculous if we have a lot of folks who figured out some way to not be mistreated in the workplace. Uh, particularly in the environment of the Rona, that means there's social distancing and all that, or you get to work from home, and they're not stealing your nickels from each paycheck. If you have figured all that out, at minimum, you should have a tip or two on how you accomplished all of that in this, the year of the Rona. Yes, can I be heard again? Yes, sir, retired firefighter.
7: Yes, uh, I have a... uh... Another another uh, project that needs to be solved. That in this case I'm uh, participating in with others. Uh, My offspring, uh, as I reported, is near the end of his college career as a future teacher. All teachers, at least in this part of the world uh is supposed to uh do an internship that's called student teaching the complication to that as you probably have figured out how was that to be done in a virtuous uh atmosphere <laughs> and uh that's because I don't think it ever happened before where teachers have to uh practice their uh their job online, let alone talking about a student quote unquote teacher. uh the uh, uh advisor service so far have not been effective. Uh I am going to participate with my offspring this time in a uh conference with this person uh, Of course, my motivation is I am paying for most of this uh so I want to uh in in a favorable fashion as soon as possible, of course uh other than that, his aunt uh, which is my youngest sister uh, also uh, made a contribution. She managed to talk with one of the staff, not talk but email, uh, with one of the staff who happens to be a black male. Uh, he answered promptly and uh, gave some uh some uh, constructive information on what possibly is what he is supposed to be doing and, uh, and completing at this point in time. Uh, also, uh, I have involved uh, at his high school uh, a uh, black female who, is, who works in the front office that uh has volunteered her assistant by uh but she has to get in contact with someone who would know about how that is how that takes place uh from college to high school. Uh uh and she's supposed to get back with with us by Monday. So just trying to uh get this uh situation moving to towards a resolving uh, uh, situation as soon as possible. Uh, because as, as I mentioned, a lot, of, a lot of these things right now that's going on when it comes to the people activity of education uh, and, and in terms on the side of the employee slash teacher standpoint, uh, maybe it happened in 1918 when uh, the last pandemic took place. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't a lot of non white black people involved if it was similar, so you know uh just uh anticipating getting some some answers some concise answers to uh 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 directions on how to how to complete all of this and keep moving moving forward to whereas uh it uh eventually as soon as possible evolved into employment uh, on his behalf. And, yeah, that's my uh, report.
2: Hmm. Wow. Talked about the school component, but not from that aspect. Uh, Right. Hmm. Do you have a vision for what... uh, what a favorable outcome for your son would look like in this
7: uh, i would i would assume because in uh as you may know the governor uh basically opened up the state of Florida for teaching but it is left to the uh counties and in Miami-Dade County the uh the school uh superintendent said no we're not going to have we're not going to have face to face school it's going to it's going to be virtual I, I am not comfortable with uh opening up the largest the largest school system in the state of Florida uh and staff as well as students ends up coming up with covid uh so everything from, from the start is going to be uh uh, via uh, computer so I, I don't even I don't even have a a, a vision or a concept on how that would be done I can see where it could be done as a professional a professional the actual teacher the actual paid person but for for it to be a student a student teacher I mean I don't I don't know I, I actually went through the process myself you know, uh, uh, as far as becoming a teacher and even at this point in time. But I mean, you actually physically was there at the school, you know? So even, even for somebody who's, who is effectively already prepared, I know it's some other young people who have went through the process and gotten their, their, uh, assignment. He just haven't gotten his yet. Uh, uh And it may be something that he has to achieve uh because the uh the black male that my my sister talked to said that he would have also had to have a quote unquote orientation a class that's called orientation of student teaching and I asked him about it he he said he said he didn't know anything about it so that that kind of like tells me he didn't take the class
8: <laughs>
7: and he's gonna have to take the class uh and 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 that's probably why he doesn't know the process uh, uh he's only getting bits and pieces from his advisor that he talked to, talked to once before but uh come monday i'm i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be on top of it if it takes me every minute of twenty four hours uh i'm going to uh move it in a in a progressive uh manner, uh, uh, one way or the other. Uh, The meeting is set up, as I mentioned, to talk to this advisor. So I would at least get to the bottom of what does he need to have that he may not have, as far as uh, uh, any maybe additional, that, that additional orientation thing, or the exact procedure on how to get assigned a a uh position as a student teacher uh when I did it like i said it it was you know you know a physical thing where you uh well mine was kind of like uh crazy because uh uh myself and another guy that he he's a year old he was a year older than me uh but we were gonna graduate together because he transferred into the school that I was already at uh we knew that we we didn't we didn't want to do our student teaching at the town school because it was like k through twelve and it, and we were we were uh had plans to come back down to south florida we're talking i'm talking about open oklahoma at langston uh to come back down to south Florida to uh uh start our career as teachers. And the most realistic area would have been in Oklahoma City, which is 50 miles away from the campus, to work at a quote-unquote inner-city high school. And that's what we did. Uh, We had transportation from another guy that we all grew up together that had a a raggedy car. Guess what happened after the first day? The car broke down. (laughs) So the way we got back and forth to do our student teaching Back in the spring of 1979, was via thumb, 100 miles, 50 miles up, 50 miles back to campus. Uh, never missed a day. Never missed a day that the 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 uh, the staff and the teachers was running. You know, every time we get here, you guys are already here.
8: <laughs>
7: we we would be there about six o'clock in the morning, six thirty in the morning. Because we would get up about 4 o'clock in the morning and thumb. And, you know, all the traffic, everybody in the small towns, you know, most of the people would do they, have their job would be in the quote-unquote big city. And that's Oklahoma City. And so it wasn't no problem in catching a ride. You just had to be out there on the interstate to catch a ride. And at that time, thumbing for a ride was not as terrible of a danger as it is now. I put it that way I just leave it that way it is some risk involved but not as not as bad and but it never I mean you speak it to them now so it's obvious that I'm here that I didn't get uh, killed or something but uh, yeah uh, but but you know how things work as soon as that's over with as soon as our our experience was rendered to the staff of the school of course they supplied transportation safe transportation for future students that had to go you know long ways to do their teaching but nevertheless uh, we got through it and I I moved on and came down came down back down home and actually was offered two jobs one was the fire department was a a teacher in the high school that I attended and uh, of course you know by now which job that I chose but uh, yeah it's totally different than what he He and other students are what they're gonna be asked to do, especially with this pandemic and uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna get much more of a clarity on it i'm of course I'm looking forward to it monday yeah really looking forward to it monday to ask plenty of questions to that advisor
6: Is that- Yes. Questions
2: sir. often clear up confusion. So <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, sir. That is what to do. Um, yeah, hopefully that'll work out well on Monday. They can let you know. Like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know like what that what what it would look like because I mean, I guess you could do the student teaching virtually, uh, although it would be very different, I would think. Um, yeah, that's that's a. That's a different experience do you a student teaching <laughs> yeah. virtually, I reckon, but that's the same boat a lot of folks are in. I guess a lot of teachers are probably that's going this might be their first yeah. time doing you know classroom online either
7: either either is that or they they may have canceled or or uh kind of like changed it up so much as far as student teaching is concerned because of the pandemic that is is nothing like. It would would have been. I don't know. I, I'll find out. I'll find out Monday. I, 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 it's a whole lot of questions that I'm preparing myself for running in my mind right now. So excuse me for uh, you know just talking. But uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to it.
2: Questions clear up confusion. That's uh, that is the best way to proceed. Hopefully the advisor will have lots and lots. Of unambiguous answers uh, for the both of you, and yeah, you can get that orientation. So then he'll be extra straight on, you know, what he needs to do and all of the changes. Because I'm sure this will be uh, student teaching unlike any other. So yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. give Mm -hmm. us the update on uh, yeah, what 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 the result of that will be. And I'm I'm sure it's tons of folks uh, who have got students. If it's not you yourself uh, in school. Uh, university level, I'm talking about college, whatever it is, grad school, and have had, you know, everything uh, in total disarray uh, with all of this. Uh, Some, you know, Mm -hmm. places it seems like they've done a better job than others. But, I mean, wow, like uh, what a stressful year. All I can say, what a stressful year. And this is another one I say all the time. Some aspects of codification you can see they are rock solid because you would do them anyway, regardless of what the circumstances are, it would still be something to do. So policy and procedure, I think I said that a whole bunch of times just since this COVID-19 coronavirus situation, because the policy and procedure has changed for so many different businesses and what have you, if not all of them. And it's not just been like a one-time, it's been like you might have to come back and check every day. Uh, to see new updates uh, to policy and procedure about all kinds of things. That's why I say, like, man, it doesn't matter if you're in grad school, if you're trying to finish an education program, uh, if you're working and looking for promotions, check the policy and procedure. What does the manual say? What do the updates to the manual say? You might have to get that. Go to, you know, refresh your phone and let me see the updates real quick. Uh, Because, man, a lot of times that will, you know, answer a good chunk of questions right there and or at least you'll have a baseline to start from in terms of, okay, this is what it looks like my expectations at least for the next 10 minutes until they update the policy and procedure again. At least for the next 10 minutes, I got a baseline of expectations about, you know, what I can expect, what the procedure is for this, for that, whatever it is policy and for us to get that manual. So if they have orientation, if they have a manual, updates, any of that, get that information that puts you in a much stronger position just so that you can cut down on a little bit of confusion cuz there has been so much of that. Uh this year just confusion on top of confusion on top of confusion and that is dangerous and stressful. It can be costly. Yeah. And you you know, you know
7: the, the, the one last thing that, that makes it even more complicated is the feel that he would be a teacher in, physical education. In other words, you know, no, nobody's going to school. Nobody's going to be dressed out for any type of physical activity unless – and I can't see them having it uh, – uh, via, you know, on on the computer, where somebody is dressed out and doing some exercise in their living room or something like that. I don't see it that way. Probably the only thing that could be actually done is maybe to talk about you know, exercising or or some uh, a, a particular sport and the rules of the game. Primarily, I can recall myself way way back. Uh, when I was in middle school, I had I had the best physical edu- education teacher in the history of the world. And before we would even touch a ball, we would have to go over the history, the history of this particular sport, uh, the rules and regulations and that sort of thing. Now I can see that being done, you know, on the com- via computer, you know, as far as that concerned. But You know anything else it's kind of like would be considered to be impractical you know uh, to do so it's it's, like I said everything is primarily would even be would be new if everything that I didn't have a report because he's already in it still would be unusual because nobody's ever went through this and and did this as a quote-unquote teacher or a student teacher you know so Ought to be interesting that's the best thing I can give to it right now
2: context of white supremacy we'll get the uh, update I reckon next week. yes sir I have I have seen some you know folks uh, at schools where they're sending out gym programs I guess to keep the students motivated or in shape or, you know, whatever, because they've been talking about physical activity during all this, so, I don't but yeah, I could not imagine, Um, you know, I'm trying to see myself at, like, you know, 16, like, all right, we're going to do PE today, and I'm going to get on the Zoom and get in my gym clothes in my living room, like, are you serious? (laughs) Like, uh, that is not going to work, like, yeah, I... Anywho, yeah, the the student teaching, all of you just have to see. I guess we'll be with the rest of the parents, just trying to, and probably a lot of the teachers, because I think in New York they they uh, are having some of the folks are going on strike because uh, they they don't think it's you know safe. If I saw it correctly, I just saw that before we went live. So, yeah, it's it's chaos all the way through. Uh, we just try as best we can to figure out parents, teachers alike. Uh, just try as best we can to figure out as we move through all this. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, Other folks have any other comments or suggestions that they would like to share? If anybody has – I know we do have other educators. I guess if you are uh, going through this process or have any thoughts on what it might look like, the student-teacher process uh, virtually, or any other educators, you can feel free to share. Uh, And or other folks, if you have (coughs) – whoo, got choked, my goodness. Uh, Any other folks, if you have – suggestions comments problems from your work environment uh feel free to share again if folks are spectating i'm not sure how we got a a large collection of cows listeners who uh, are not really having any difficulties in the workplace if that is your environment again i hope it lasts uh, much 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 longer than the rona in uh, the rona situation hopefully you'll maintain some
8: peace and
2: calm they won't mess over your your food uh, your wages your all of your compensation whether it's weekly monthly whatever it is will be accurate every time and all the rest if you need time off you'll get it without gripe hopefully that will continue until you are ready to retire Uh, let's see any other folks uh, with comments observations suggestions they would like to share hi guys Be in Toronto.
11: Yes, um, I was listening to retired firefighters' uh, report uh, with respect to his son. Um, In fact, I had a question and and a possible solution. Might it be possible for your son to make a proposal on how he wishes to complete his practicum um, as a teacher? um if there isn't an agenda outlined or if there isn't a a protocol outlined as to how they wish to proceed so he can get um the necessary um practice uh prior to graduation so i was wondering if that might be possible uh that as a contingency plan that he proposes how he wishes to proceed in implementing his curriculum to students um, through uh, 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 virtual um, schooling. Thank you.
7: Hold on, I'm I'm looking for pad and pencil to write that down. Uh, Could that be repeated?
11: Sure. That as a contingency plan, um, if your son can write a proposal on how he wishes to complete his practicum um, uh, virtually, um, if there isn't an agenda um, or a protocol as to how um, the school wishes for him to complete his his hours for... um, for being a teacher within that the time that he needs to do his practicum, so that he can use his use that proposal as a contingency plan.
7: Yeah. All right. That'll be additional. Uh, what uh, I would have him uh, to uh, inquire about. Sounds like a good idea. Uh, because. <laughs> I have to imagine that they have applied something different from the normal year-by-year practice. It has to be because of this pandemic. I just don't know what it is, personally. And the the pandemic uh, became uh a practice uh what what about january february around March something like that you know which was really is kind of like in the latter part of the spring semester uh in, in colleges in uh the concept that's called the United States and uh, so you know, uh, it's an unknown. if an unknown factor there, put it that way,
8: yeah.
11: And also something uh, that you definitely want to inquire is why is it taking so long for the college to develop the protocol? I mean, they've known since March, and they know that school is supposed to be starting again However, it's going to be a different medium of which the academics are going to be provided by to the students. So why has it taken this long for the college to uh, create a protocol to assist students to complete their practicum? So that might also be another question you want to ask as well, because it is quite unusual that they haven't provided any information on how to proceed as of yet.
9: write
7: it
2: down
8: Mhm
2: I am I am having a bit of international humor uh it has been uh standard operating procedure south of the Canadian border uh to be very late in giving out accurate constructive information on how to proceed <laughs> during this pandemic. Like that has been that has been widespread. Like that hasn't been unusual at all. That's been the way we've handled this whole that's how we got here. Anyway.
7: That's the norm, yeah. hmm That's the norm. And Florida is one of the one of the well known places also the governor and the uh president of, of at least good political buddies.
2: I I will say uh in all seriousness uh to be suggestion about uh the first suggestion about um having your own proposal uh if in lieu of proper guidance about how to uh, function here uh, having your own proposal about how he would like to complete uh, his education program uh, i think that's great it really for many situations where you kind of get left out in limbo and you have not been given given uh, proper instruction uh, training whatever it is uh, about how to go about a situation if you can have in mind Uh, Which you think would be a just resolution? A lot of times that can be great, as opposed to just being going in and allowing white people to make up something willy nilly. Uh, If you have in uh, have in mind something that can be done constructive that seems reasonable, uh, and see if that can be made to happen, I think that's always great. They might do it, you know. They might not. System of racism, so they might turn it down outright. But you never know. They don't have a plan. Say hey. This boy came up with something, how about that? We'll do that, good job, boy. They might do it, you never know. Uh, was there more to that? I, I, uh, the oh, sorry, sorry, sorry.
7: I have my own idea in mind to what you're, you're stating, Gus, is to where it would be a situation where he, he does this virtual student teaching uh, via at the high school that he attended. It's a very small population of students uh he may have he may have in the environment uh, uh I don't know I don't know how they actually do it uh but he may have maybe about ten or less people uh that he will be uh talking to or uh, whatever they do in this virtual situation. It'd be a low it'll be a low number comparable to what normally takes place in uh uh the public school situation because this particular high school uh was an all male it was it was public school but yet it had like private school type of uh a, a culture were wearing suits and ties and every day to work that was a standard uniform and uh all male and uh it was had a very low population at the school. I would say somewhere around maybe I I may I, I may be incorrect by saying a hundred people. May have been left than that. that was at this school. And I don't think that's changed.
9: So yeah. Hmm. We'll see
7: because because the this this is the same lady uh that helped us with the uh the fire cadet program because we needed to get his uh ACT and SAT uh scores and she had them right at her computer uh because calling ACT uh uh, uh ACT and SAT to get that information whoa it is it is it's like You know, you got to be waiting at a phone and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how somebody would be able to get it, but she was able to get it right off of her computer, and it did take long, and and, uh, I brought this other issue up to the same person, and she was once again very eager to help out uh, from that standpoint, and uh, she also is supposed to have some information for us Monday. person at work that is, that's working at the high school that he attended. All black female.
8: <laughs>
2: well, that sounds like a plan, like you already got it got it together just needs a little nudge from being in toronto uh if you could drop the his the high school drop them a letter maybe before monday to you can already show that you have reached out to see if they're interested and and even discuss some of the logistics and that sort of thing that they're receptive to hosting that you know can make it sound even more appealing if they don't have uh some sort of alternative plan that this will work out, and where your your son will will not feel as though he's been cheated, because uh, I mean there's supposed to be something that you, there's a benefit, you know, they have to have you do all this student teaching for a reason to get some experience and all that. So you know, you know, I wouldn't want to feel as though I have uh, been compromised, like I didn't really get that student teacher experience to kind of get my get my chops in, get some experience and and all of that in the environment, but. Yeah, that'll be great. You can contact this his former school and go to the meeting on Monday. He'll be ready to roll. Uh did any other folks have any other comments, observations, suggestions? Uh they wanted to make sure uh they share with us uh last few moments before we get ready to uh wrap things up for workplace racism today. Uh any other folks uh observations, comments, suggestions to offer? Let's see. Uh caller last four digits. Forty-seven ninety-seven. Forty-seven ninety-seven. hello may I be heard
6: yes, yes sir. sir hi uh, I uh, wanted to say first of all thank you to the host for uh, for the show and thank you for the uh, callers also because I have certainly learned a lot of positive information to uh, run my business and to uh, keep myself uh, in a position where I am not um, getting in trouble with law enforcement, or losing my position. And one of the things that I've learned is to have a lot more patience with myself. And with my job, I have learned to implement a policy and procedure for my own business, which I am a ride share driver. So in that capacity, I've Adopted some policy that I feel keeps me safe and one of those policies is to Report any negative uh, Interactions that I have with a rider Directly to that ride share company and not just to hold that in um, One of the other things that i've done is to as a rideshare driver i've been driving through the covid uh, uh, The covid 19 crisis And one of the things that I've begun to do is to text each rider before I pick them up, that they have to wear a mask so that it doesn't come as a surprise to them. uh, Before I pick them up before I let them allow them into the vehicle and during the duration of the ride. Um, And that has eliminated a lot of conflict um, from other from riders uh, so that I don't have to uh, Um, have any arguments or any fusses or someone who wants to not adhere to that policy, they can just cancel and we can go on their merry way. Um, So that's all I wanted to say. And uh, thank you to the host and to the listeners who continue to uh, help me to prevent any difficulties in my workplace. Thank you.
2: Hmm. That is awesome, like uh, safety in the workplace, and particularly when you can be uh, – when you can preempt things. Uh, So you were saying, so this doesn't have to become a big uh, conflagration in somebody's yard or what have you. Like, what do you mean wear a mask and and I'm getting in the car and, you know, that sort of thing. You can just let them know in advance, you know. Please make sure you have a mask on before I arrive, blah, blah, blah. That way, if they have a problem, it can be in the text, then, oh, okay, you don't want it, no problem, cancel, you can get another ride, go on your merry way. Grand. <laughs> Cutting down, That's I said sort of minimize, so we're not having these big arguments and shouting matches and things uh, with some random white person, even a random non-white person, you know, and that's the reasonable. I mean, we've been five, six months. Within all this, it doesn't even matter what part of the world you're in. We're five, six months in this. That's totally reasonable. Make sure you have your mask on. And other folks, I've said that before. If you're doing any sort of uh, driving folks, rideshare, anything like that, uh, having a protocol in place to keep yourself safe is super important. In fact, we had talked about that even before we got to the Rona, uh, just because you have racists and alcoholics get in the car and causing conflict and cursing folks out and all the rest of it. So absolutely take your safety seriously uh, and having a code uh, in place to make sure that I'm going to be safe. And if folks are not willing to comply with that, we don't even need to start this transaction. Let's see.
11: May I ask a quick question?
9: Be in Toronto.
11: Yes. Uh, For the gentleman um, who has his own ride sharing program, Um, for the uh, masks uh, or the request to wear the masks, do you have, like, um, is there a poster that's displayed in addition to you verbalizing to the uh, patrons that they, they are expected to wear a mask? Are there posters also within the vehicle as a reminder to them? And on those posters, does it have, Um, A bylaw, so I don't know if it's the CDC that does the bylaw or um, if it's um, the city uh, that does the the bylaw, but to to illustrate as to um, if there's any writers that wants to contest it, then um, like immediately underneath it says as per bylaw, such and such, section, such, subsection, such... um, Is that included on on the poster? The reason I ask is I know in Toronto um, a lot of the um, establishments do have the posters and they also have the uh, city uh, ordinance um, referring to the the bylaws. And if not, maybe to consider.
6: Um, That I believe was directed at me. And to answer your question, no, I don't have any uh, literature that specifically states that, or posts it. Um, the in New York City, where I do drive, there are uh, there is a governing body that governs uh, all taxis, limousines, and rideshare, and that is their policy. As well as for many of the rideshare companies, they have explicitly uh, written to the uh, riders to let them know that masks are required. Uh, For a ride. Uh, I just do that because I have um, I've run across people who Don't want to adhere to that policy or attempt to ignore it or pretend that they've never heard that uh, that policy exists and that is just my uh, extra safety measure to make sure that I have specifically told that person that that is what that's the policy that I will adhere to and if they don't find that policy fair, excuse me, they don't find that policy to their liking, then um, when I get there, they cannot say that I didn't say anything prior to. So that's just a, a small measure that I've taken uh, to you know to send a text message. I stop, of course, and send them that text message to make sure that at least I have Told them myself, so that they can. There can be no claim of ignorance. I hope that answers your question. I mute my life
11: Yes, thank you so much. It it does. Um, it does answer the question. Um, I was just also wondering um, if the uh, governing body would be able to provide that literature, so that it's not out of your expense. So that um, even though you are um, entering it into the text message, verbalizing it. If they can provide you the literature, if they do have it free, and it's not at your expense, um, that at least you'd be able to also post it uh, within your vehicle. And and that's, of course, if, if only if you if you choose to, and if that is available. Uh, thanks, I'll leave the line.
2: Much obliged. Uh, be in Toronto, uh and our caller uh staying safe out there uh on the road. Uh I do know when I got uh I got a lift to uh the airport, I don't remember them having any literature posted like inside the vehicle, but I did uh get a text message uh before the driver arrived and it just said um please make sure that you have a mask, face covering. Uh, they did have a text prompt. Uh, I don't think it came from the driver. I think it was just from you know the ride Company, company uh, where they sent out uh, what seemed like a standard, <clears throat> make sure you have a mask on to protect the driver and all. So yes, I think all of that is great. Take your safety serious uh, in the midst of all of this uh, because it seems there are a lot, particularly in the US, number one in the world. We should have our chest out proud. Of folks not taking it seriously. So do not allow that to influence your behavior and, like, ah, it's not a big deal. Take it seriously. Uh, Yeah, about, I think folks can get in in about 30 seconds. Pretty much did our time. 30 seconds. Anything folks need to make sure they get in before we conclude? Folks satisfied? Everybody good? Outstanding. Uh, We will be here tomorrow. That will be Saturday for the compensatory call-in, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We will review what has gone down the last week. Democratic convention wraps up and all that jazz. Uh, We will explore that, prepare for another week. It's almost autumn can't believe it the summer it feels like we didn't even have a summer anywho much obliged to all the folks who dialed in hope it was worthy of your Friday evening Uh, sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy Uh, the terrorism abounds worldwide Uh, we need our brain computer to be asking quality questions Uh, try to figure out in the midst of all this confusion What is the best way to proceed, and ultimately, how do we solve the problem? In addition to being sober, let's be buckled every time we are in a vehicle. I still submit, I think it would be best policy to be hunkering down. Maybe let that vehicle stay in the garage, stay parked, cancel that Uber drive. We don't need to go anywhere. Stay hunkered down for many, many reasons. Uh, if you are going to go out and about, be alert. You are being mindful about what's happening around you, who's talking to you. I mean, if it looks like somebody is moving towards uh, being hostile, aggressive, particularly if it's a white person, you should be thinking this fellow could be armed. This woman could be armed. She might have a, a firearm in her purse right there. That's what you should be thinking because that's been on display from, really, January 1 this year. whole time, really, but I mean particularly this year. Uh, if it looks like somebody is about to get rowdy, violent, all this is over. Uh, not taking any risks uh, with our safety. Uh, pass that along to your offspring and what have you. If they're out and about, avoid verbal altercations and what have you with white people in public. Anything that looks like it's leading towards that. Escape route, get out of here. It is time to go. Uh, if you are going to go out, again, we're sober. We're buckled. You are super attentive to your surroundings. If you are driving, you are not on the cell phone. Uh, one, we got to be paying attention. Can't be vigilant if you are yapping it up, texting away, and all the rest of it. Two, we're trying to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no, just the little things that we can do, being buckled up and all the rest of it, not on the cell phone, so we're not attracting unnecessary attention. Already got enough of that. That said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cal signing out. Thanks all for tuning in.
9: Nigga, you so brainwashed.
5: I'm a victim, brother. A victim.
9: a victim of 400 years of conditioning Shut up The man has programmed my conditioning Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned (laughs) Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck
7: I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything Now,
5: you wanna get mixed up in the family business Introducing
7: The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com